You're a two-bit pirate and green mailer. Nothing more. Gecko. <laughs> Not only would you sell your mother to make a deal, you'd send a COD. Magic ready? You got your magic today? I brought it with me. Oh, it's in my pocket. Here it comes. Hi, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. Abracadabra. Oh, abracadabra, yo. Nice. Uh, good what was that from? That was uh, half-baked. Uh, yeah. Half-baked. <laughs> that was the code word. You know, love? That's what all the kids are saying. Abracadabra, <laughs> B. Uh, all right, so we're back at the table. Seems like we're usually a week ahead, so now we're uh, we missed a week. <laughs> the listeners wouldn't realize. Yeah, it yeah. well, always just kinda... Justin had a Ebola for like. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little my insides was liquefying. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Care about these tourists? <laughs> All these tourists that are going to these. Oh, Dominican countries. Republic. There's like respiratory. There's like illness. six of them right now going yeah. on. There was oh, wow. one woman who uh, went to her mini bar, grabbed a drink, went out to the back balcony, dro- uh, dropped, and died between there and then uh at the same resort a week later they found the bodies of two people like uh 41 year old and a 43 year old just dead so i'm thinking like it's gotta be like carbon monoxide or something like that yeah, but what it, kills, it like, was a higher end resort though it wasn't like a, it wasn't well there was like... another one going on where they actually had it got a virus <laughs> those two young people got a virus and then there's five other people at the same resort that are showing the same symptoms and those people died oh damn uh, so don't go anywhere where you have to boil your water yeah, no shit. Yeah. Oh man, just a jump springboard off of that. I watched the uh, the Chernobyl documentary, oh, the, the miniseries. It's don't like drink five the water. Episodes. There. <laughs> don't drink the water. There uh, it's Still. HBO. It's on HBO. It's five. They played it like over five weeks, and it's one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen on television. But it's also one of the most horrifying things. Episode three has some of the. I can almost not watch it. Uh, I mean, I know all about it. No, you know all about it. it. What was disturbing about this, multiple things disturbing about it, but for me, uh, it was probably the best special effects I've ever seen. I mean, you can mm. imagine what radiation does to the body. Yeah. Oh, uh, and they show, like, what radiation does to the body, and you, you can almost not look at these people. I'm, I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, why do they not kill them? Yeah. Why do they not put a bullet in their head? Because it, it looks like they're, like, the first stage of Hellraiser when he's coming back, yeah. where it, there's no flesh, yeah. and, and it's... You can barely see their eyes, and they're still their wives are there, and they don't know what's going on. And one woman goes into like the plastic room that he's in. It's holding his hand. She's a pregnant woman who's like holding his hands, and they don't realize. And obviously, she gets it. Yeah, it's it's brutal, but it's like amazing, amazingly well done. I read a story yesterday that there's um, a nuclear power plant in Scotland that was supposed to be like decommissioned, and they just kept extending the life, and now there's fucking cracks. And like, oh, man, they and they're, they're like, oh, well, we're closing it down in a year or two, um, but there's already fucking cracks. Yeah. And they're like, we might have to just evacuate. I think it was Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, we might just have to fucking evacuate. Like, that's crazy. It'll mm-hmm. ruin, it'll destroy the country and the continent. That's what you didn't realize. It all depends with, on the wind, on, where the wind's blowing, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, well with Chernobyl, they were worried about, and, and you became experts by the end of the five episodes. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. good because everyone knows Chernobyl, but the details are like really oh, I'm sure. crazy. And what they had to do, they was like, we're going to lose the continent. They said, this is going to leak into uh, the sub ground and we're going to be screwed. They had to bring in miners, and I was telling Dave. 
they they couldn't use they were like deep in these mines and they told these miners you're gonna we got nothing for you uh for respiration and you're all gonna end up dying wow. but you'll save everybody yeah and uh he says will you take care of my men leading up to their death and he's like yeah we can't promise that and he's Jesus. like fuck man and they're dying down there because they uh the, the heat's so bad and they can't bring in fans because it's going to whip up yeah. the, uh, the contaminated soil and everything. Right. So uh, at the beginning of the episode, they said harsh language nudity. And I'm like, nudity? I said, how are they going to work in nudity in this yeah. type of thing? It's those 300 minos, they strip down completely naked. So every actor in there is there completely naked, digging wow. and digging. Did they use a lot of Russian there. actors? And yeah, oh, yeah. They used a lot of great lot foreign of, actors. They, but Jared they, Harris was amazing. It, it was in English uh, with... It was English, kind of. You could. Uh, there was no Russian spoken. Okay. But the guy they got to play Gorbachev was awesome. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård was the main guy, but so was Jared Harris, who's the British guy from uh, Mad Men who hung himself. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he always remembers he's Richard him Harris. from that part. He's Richard <laughs> Harris's son. You know that? Oh, really? Yeah. And you know, I mean, when you listen to him, he really does sound just like his dad. I bet Oliver Stone could make an incredible movie about it. And that is why we have Justin here. (laughs) Justin will wrangle us off some random point. talking about (laughs) I didn't see it! (laughs) What the hell is Cherry Noble? He's dying, man. He's dying to get into it. Yeah, this week we are definitely talking about some Oliver Stone. Huge fan of his movies. We all grew up with watching a lot of his flicks. Uh, Dave especially, because Dave was always into... Kind of those he tackles a lot of real world stories yeah. and, and a lot that um, is kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, and he always has an opinion about of something. And you he, may not like it, but you may will. I, I can I, imagine. I I fall along the same length as him on most subjects, so I don't get the the anger that some viewers get when they watch Oliver Stone because there's probably some viewers who are like, "Fuck that guy!" I'm not watching any. <laughs> well, you're not Republicans. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> he he's a Democrat, but he's also experienced uh, war and he's experienced life and he drugs and drugs and he's very knowledgeable on the subjects that he tackles. You don't ever see him go in like uh, feet first onto a subject that he doesn't know. I have, I can't think of anything that I've watched where I thought he got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, he speculated for sure. I mean, when you think of some of the subjects and everything, obviously JFK and what uh, when he was guessing what different things happened, but uh, for the most part, he's dead on. I mean, certainly with Platoon, because he that was from a first-hand knowledge yeah. that he went on. And now he's doing... Uh, you said he's doing documentaries now? He has a documentary like a series. series on Netflix where he... Is it the one where he's interviewing Putin? Because I saw there's a Putin... The, I think They're called so. the Putin tapes. That, that might, might be, be something different from that. But, but that's he, what I, I think know he handled a different subject from around the world. And I might... I think it was one of those things where he talked about, you know, we have problems with our prisons. Here's a country that does it well. And mm-hmm. why? And this examined yeah. prison reform and examined... I, I'm, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but... I watched all the episodes and they were. I'm interested in seeing the Putin tapes too, of what he would be uh, talking to him about and discussing. Putin so. is a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the good, the interesting thing about Oliver Stone, he's he's got a same type of kind of, I want to say upbringing, but uh, kind of track record when he was early on in his career that Quentin Tarantino did. You know, he's a great screenwriter. Screenwriter is kind of his forte, but then he just became a great director off of that. Similar with Quentin, but Quentin, at the beginning of Quentin's career, Quentin sold some really amazing films to right. other directors that went to do them. And what comes to mind with Quentin would be True Romance, 
uh, Natural Born Killers, mm -hmm. he actually sold and Oliver Stone directed. So that mm -hmm. wasn't one of Oliver Stone's uh, scripts. It was Quentin Tarantino. True Romance was another one. And uh, until he came up with Reservoir Dogs and he was like, I'm going to do this thing myself, he was basically just selling his great scripts to other people. I'll get Harvey Keitel and we'll do this together. Yeah, yeah right. So there's, there's four <laughs> movies that uh, Oliver Stone did that a lot of people don't even realize is, are connected to Oliver Stone, but he wrote the screenplays for these films. And one of them got him an Oscar, which was the first one. So I'll just briefly talk about these four films before we kind of break down Oliver Stone's uh, kind of... Uh, his list of films that he's directed. Repertoire. But, uh, yeah, the right. one he won the uh, the Oscar for was Midnight Express, and that was a depressing piece. <laughs> that was the smuggling heroin that, one. Uh, that was like in Turkey. Most, uh, if yeah, from Turkey. I forget that because we watched that scene early on because it was in Terror in the Isles. Yeah. When they were talking mm -hmm. about stressful kind of. Uh, it wasn't a horror movie, but it was just stressful thrillers. And <laughs> what I didn't happened realize, to him after it was? <laughs> yeah, well, that was the beginning of the movie. I never realized it until we went back yeah. to watch Midnight Express. It was the beginning of the movie. So the movie starts out with this guy, really uh, moron, who decides to... Uh, he's in Turkey, and he want, he's going back to the States, and he wants to smuggle back hashish. And he has it in like these... Like, or thin, heroin. Uh, no, I think it's hashish because it's that thin, dark, brown bricks. This heroin comes in... Thin, dark brown bricks, yeah, I too. I know Turkey's kind of known for their hash. Yeah, though. I think it was hash. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, they had. There's a big difference between heroin and hash. Yeah. They both well, start with H, it is but true. they but do way Turkey, different things. It sounds like the penalty would be a lot worse for heroin. Turkey, man, they don't. I think their laws are just crazy anyway. So, anyways, he, he's got these really thin, uh, kind of, uh, looks like bricks. Of uh, and he puts them around his waist. He tapes them. You see him. The very start of the movie is him in a room by himself, taping mm. it around to his waist. And then you get to see him going through customs and going out on the runway and uh, leading up to going on the plane. And there's a great scene where he just can't stop sweating, man. Mm. And when you're doing shady shit, maybe uh, maybe use a better antiperspirant. Oh yeah, <laughs> because he's just sweating like crazy. And he gets out on. It's one of those. Uh, you don't get on the plane. tarmac. Uh, you get on the tarmac. Oh shit! So right before they get on, they they start frisking him, and the dogs are starting to bark and everything. And they the guy's frisking him. He gets up to his heart, and then the music blends with his heartbeat, and it's going. Bah, 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 bah. Oh wow! And so they realize something's wrong. So they rip his shirt open. They see it all, and the oh. guns are like on him. And the rest of the movie is depressing as shit. They put him in like a Turkish prison, and which just, I heard is not a good one. To oh man, watch Midnight Express. Time in a Turkish prison. <laughs> there was a great scene from it though, where he. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting, uh, he was getting just. His life was horrible, so he didn't really even give a shit at this point. So he made a move to, uh, to assault one of the big, this big guard that was giving him hell, and he pushed him in like the, uh, the bathroom or something. And there were hooks on the wall, and his head went right oh. into one of the hooks, and then snapped off on it, and he like slipped down, and that was his escape at the very end. I think that led up to escape. So it was a depressing. Other than the exciting beginning and the exciting end, it was a, it was a miserable. So it comes with two thumbs milk. up from. <laughs> No, I don't, I'm up. I mean, but you got to be into depressing shit. So he went. He did that. Uh, a lot of people don't realize he wrote. If you're listening to us, <laughs> he wrote Conan the Barbarian. Uh, John Melius, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, he also wrote Scarface for Brian De Palma. Wow. So when you watch Scarface, you can thank him. And one of my favorite films of all time, Year of the Dragon, the Michael Simeo movie with uh, Mickey Rourke. I love that movie, man. Good I love movie. good cop movies, and that was like the, in my opinion, the best cop movie ever made. It was really, really good. Hmm. And he, there's two actors that were uh, an actor and an actress used in that film that uh, Oliver Stone cast later on to play uh, husband and wife. When we get to that, I'll talk about it. So, so yeah, I talk. I think we should work through his kind of. Uh, and there's a couple we left off here because I don't want it to go like 20 to 25. We're talking about, so I kind of kept it at like 14 uh, flicks here that represent Oliver Stone and what 
he kind of does. So I there's no Alexander on here. There's a couple of his. I didn't that were see like, Alexander. I, I, I saw it once and it wasn't uh, wasn't the greatest flick. I didn't put U turn on here, which was all right. U turn was pretty either. good. Uh, so there's a few of his flicks that aren't on here you won't hear us talking about, but 14 of them on here are really, really great, and we'll definitely spend a little time on. This first one I haven't seen in a while because I've been kind of on a uh, uh, a James Woods uh, <laughs> ban. A ban, a I guess you could say boycott. That's a good word for it. And, he is uh, kind of a prick. You know? Oh, man. You, you have no idea. Unless you have Twitter and you listen to I don't what have the Twitter, spewing. but I do see news articles that will come out and say, like, James Woods said this and gets backlash. Well, he's got multiple problems. First, he likes little Trump. girls. Uh, oh. Thirteen-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds. He tried to hit on. Uh, damn, she's famous now. And this is this is where For it started with him on, on Twitter. <laughs> like she, he said something about. Uh, he said something about some older guy dating somebody, and, and this woman, uh, I don't want to even say her name, but she's super famous. She's like Amber Heard, but not. She's like that famous. Fascinated with rumors. Uh, <laughs> damn, I can't think of her name, though. Mortez? But she came on. Chloe Mortez? Uh, Mort- no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> we best not speculate. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she came Judy out. After he, after he tweeted that, she came right out and said, oh, really? You tried to pick me and my 14-year-old friend out up at the club, and you said even better when we told us your age and everything, so don't go yeah. on here all righteous and saying shit so that started the whole feud and he is such a trumper man like so far over like anyone in, coming out and saying yeah i i think uh putting these kids in cages is a good start type of thing that type of uh, stuff so he he's got he's banned from twitter and they don't ban anyone from Twitter. They like ban Alex Jones and shit like that. So if you get banned from Twitter, that President Trump still do. I know. Yeah, right? I know. So if you get banned from Twitter, you know you're bad. So I. That and would it be sucks so funny though if like Twitter was like, you know what, we're just gonna ban you, President Trump. Like, could you imagine? Oh, He'd create something that he could get. In oh my god! Like, except Twitter. It kind of he probably gets he oh, probably yeah. gets a billion yeah. views yeah. yeah even by people that are <laughs> everybody yeah. who hates him everybody that hates right, him no, and everybody loves of, him I, I just think of like yeah the backlash that would happen if Twitter was like if he deserved we're banning it, the I think president. they would get it I think people would pl- applaud them if he mm. truly deserved it said something I mean not that he hasn't said something already that he doesn't deserve it but if he came out and said something where they could at least say hey we've banned yeah. people before we because got you of now. this exact yeah. thing <laughs> you played in thank you thanks for playing. Well, then that's the reason I. Uh, it, it sucks because James Woods does a lot of great movies, man. The idea that I, I he's ruined the hard way for me and Digstown. I will never not and, watch Digstown. It, no, he doesn't ruin true. Digstown. I, I've got to. I've got to separate myself, and I've got to get good at that. To separate. But the problem is, is you won't where like do you separate it? Do we well, let Kevin Spacey back in? And I was no. going to say, I haven't. I think when it comes that, to rape, I'm not watching your I shit know, anymore. Yeah, I mean, but I won't watch any of your new shit that's coming out. I can understand watching the old stuff, you know, because you. You can't not watch Usual Suspects because then you're kind of uh, you're you're but, saying I'm not watching Benicio del Toro yeah. movies and this people like that. That's a special one because you got Brian Singer directing it too, and he's a scumbag. Oh man, <laughs> no fascinate with scumbags here. Yeah. <laughs> we could, so anyways, do, we could do a whole episode hey, just on scumbags on Weinstein, fucking all oh, oh, shitty people. It, it really is, and it's a shame because Salvador was a really good movie, uh, other than the fact that James Woods is now an asshole. Uh, do you remember Salvador? I do. <laughs> it was a really great, and there's a great story I can tell about. Uh, it tastes, a lot of it was people, 82, I should mention, right? it's probably a good point to mention it now, that Oliver Stone is that type of director that will push you and push you to the point where, <clears throat> as an actor, you appreciate the hell out of the pushing, or I will never fucking uh, work for you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the way it Which was. Which he doesn't for, care. That's the way that. it was for Alec Baldwin and the James Woods. Uh, no, James Woods did, did end up going back to him again for Nixon 
uh, and maybe another movie in here. But you know, he was in Any Gun on Sunday, too, wasn't he? Yeah. James Woods, yeah. So he must have uh, finally understood the Oliver Stone method because Oliver Stone, <laughs> Plus, I'm man, sure he needed will a push job. you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alec Baldwin called him like Machiavellian-esque directing where he just did not give a shit. Similar, they someone had mentioned that line from Wall Street where Terrence Stamp said he would sell his mother and then send her and to the they, they said that was directly, that must have been like a Oliver Stone thing because he will do anything to get his uh, shit made or for you not to improvise a line. Well, I'll mention later where he jumped on another actor for uh, jumping on his lines and everything. Mm. A lot of people look at their scripts like they're gold, you know, and you don't uh, change them. And that's how I would imagine Quentin's stuff is. When you read Quentin's stuff, yeah, as an actor, no I would not, living I would not ad libbing. He it. can do it. Yeah, you know. And but every even like uh, throat, like uh, I'm sure Sam Jackson throat clearings and stuff are in. Probably his, like, has trips. some clearance to do that. You know, but yeah, I'm sure he's he's willing to hear improvisation. For Say sure. what again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one more time. What? What? But from what I hear, when you see one of Quentin's movies, they're almost to T. And same with Oliver Stone because he's kind of a stickler. So what year was it. Salvador? So Salvador was 86. And Which is funny because that's literally only halfway into the into – the, do you know the conflict? The yeah, Civil why, why don't you and, talk us about so, a little bit of that before we get into the actual meat of the movie? Because 79 was, is the coup, which is probably – El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. But it was the coup in El Salvador, which is probably – where this movie starts out, like all that tension, is probably the initial. Yeah, because James Woods plays a photographer along yeah. with uh, Jim Belushi, who's yeah. really good at this, and that Michael, the guy from Godfather, uh, Michael Simeon, Michael. Oh, you mean the guy from Carnival? No, uh, the the other oh, photographer, the guy from Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter, yeah, yeah, Deer Hunter, yeah, yeah. He's really good in this too, really good. And uh, so there was a twelve-year civil war from nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety-two. Um, government bad shit happening. We gave the military. A million dollars a year to fight rebels and the rebels were fighting for the people and the military was trying to hold on to control yeah. for the government and basically it was a civil war yeah. and it lasted 12 years what's interesting about making this movie is this is the most guerrilla movie he made and one person on the crew was murdered uh making this movie uh several people were almost killed everyone was scared shitless filming down there because they filmed down there that's and, fucking crazy they had guides and their guides were being killed and james woods was shitting his pants through the whole movie and there's a specific scene i'll talk about it why don't you tell us a little bit more though well uh, i was gonna say if my memory serves me correct he filmed part of platoon down there and remember the civil most war most of it was broke. in cambodia from what i heard. okay well remember they had a in the a Oh, yeah, that was Cambodia. Was it Cambodia? Okay, because something broke out right in the middle of his filming, so he had two back-to-back... Film well, that, that seemed like a that seemed like, like a gift compared uh, to Oliver Salvador. Stone. You are not allowed to come to my country. Yeah, every time you show up, motherfuckers start a war. And I could only <laughs> imagine that was the reason James Bellucci did not come back, and it took James Woods such a long time because it was super guerrilla, and there was a moment during it. And basically, the movie is about two photographers that get uh, charged with going down there and taking yeah. as much pictures and Freelance. documenting documenting what's going on down there in El Salvador. Uh-huh. And it shows the life, basically, of those crazy, like, yeah. uh, what do they call Jump them? in a Jeep. There's some massacres going on. And like you got to be in the middle of it taking Freelancers, pictures and they get paid per photo. So they, right. they get money to get set up. And then they don't get paid unless they get something. There's that right. great so scene they have with to the, risk their lives. the guy from uh, Deer Hunter 
and them when they oh, were yeah, yeah. on that like side of the hill with all the dead bodies. Yeah. It, it's like hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies mm. laying around. And they're literally walking over these dead bodies to take wow. pictures and there's uh, airplanes flying in and everything. He, and they talked about <clears throat> how miserable it was for the extras because they had hundreds of extras playing these dead bodies that they were constantly concerned about them blinking or they're moving or they're right, breathing yeah. and all of her just they were baking in the sun for oh, hours fuck. and they would not let them take a stop break stop sweating or, god damn it, damn it. <laughs> you know, not, I, I don't know how the labor laws are in El Salvador but I gotta imagine they're not oh, and OSHA's not standing yeah. there watching the out the documentary is really good and this isn't something that Oliver Stone will like deny He'll, he talks about it himself in the documentary uh-huh. the stuff that happened and everything but the the in the part of the documentary that I liked the most was when uh, James Woods was talking about the one scene where he almost was killed uh, during the making of the film. So they're they're down there in this scene, and in the scene they grab him and James Bellucci, and they're about to put a bullet in uh, James Woods' head. Oh, I remember in the you scene. telling me this. <clears throat> and uh, they're getting ready for the scene and everything, and uh, they were like, they've got this El Salvador cl- cr- crew helping out, yeah. and they're waving the gun around, and James Woods was. Well, like, didn't you say out. like the the normal uh, stunt coordinator wasn't there that day or something? That no, was, that was the that crow. Was the crow. That's when oh, Brandon Lee. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> but you're probably not far off. No, yeah. this is very similar <laughs> to that, where they're talking in Spanish to one another, and there's if you're not in the film industry, you don't know that there's a difference between a blank and a dead bullet. Right, dead bullet. Uh, nothing happens. The chamber is completely empty, and a blank of water paper comes uh, out. And if you're close enough, it'll still kill you. That right. comes off super. That's kind of how Brandon Lee. Did. Yeah, he had the blank in him, and it wasn't like the dead bullet, or they, the it wasn't cleared uh, at all with the Brandon Lee one. So James Woods is on the ground, ready to film this scene, and he's hearing these people have a conversation back and forth, and he hears he doesn't speak Spanish, but he's hearing people say blanco, blanco over and over again. Yeah, and uh, James said cut and Oliver Stone you don't cut I cut yeah. and they were screaming and yelling at each other and he's like Oliver this guy just said fucking Blanco and I want you to check that gun that there's a blank in it and yeah. they, they check it and there was a blank yep. in it so he would have been killed if he didn't stop that at that point and he was not happy in the documentary talking about it oh. he's like there was a point where he walked off. I think he walked off the set at that point. Get, he and he did. was going to quit. And then they had the, the agents got involved. And they got him back to, uh, enough to finish the film and everything. But that's why it took fucking like eight movies before him to forget. <laughs> <laughs> I need an extra zero on my Yeah, yeah that's real. what it was too. So just to see a really great guerrilla film. And it was an awesome movie, man. Definitely uh, Salvador is one that everyone And they didn't have out. to really create a war zone. It looked like one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. well, Especially when it was he, in the middle of the goddamn war still. And yeah. that 86 was, was dead in the middle of the revolution. Yeah. That's crazy. They had death squads running around at night, kidnapping people from each side. They were shooting women and children. It was nasty, yeah. man. Well, this next one, I, I'm trying to think. There's a bunch of these you haven't seen, right, Justin? Yeah, a lot of yeah. them. He's going to get But there's a good amount that you have seen on here, too. Uh, and one, the next one is certainly one of the ones you've seen. And this is probably one of his bigger movies. Oliver Stone, we were talking yesterday, he's won three Oscars. One for writing and two for directing. Hmm. The directing ones he won are Born the Fourth of July and this next one, which is Platoon. And then the writing oh, yeah. one was Midnight Express. I'm surprised. He's nominated for all his movies, basically, but those are the three Oscars that he has on his mantle holding up his books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Platoon, man. And the Platoon was well... 
deserved because he wrote this when he was in Vietnam and he had the idea that he was going to cast Jim Morrison in it remember yep. he said I want Jim Morrison mm, Jim to Morrison star in my movie I'm going to he he left once Oliver Stone went through his service he entered film school and then he went on and it was basically all to do platoon and he brought these guys out to Cambodia and put them in a really interesting documentary we got to put them the in the shit <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it was <laughs> big ass titties yeah. Yeah. that's exactly what it was so he brought his crew up there and he was I mean he was established because he had done Salvador and he he had came out of uh, probably uh, I don't know what California film school but I think it was one of them UCLA uh, probably and uh, that's these where guys Mo- that's these where guys, Morrison went uh, oh, okay that, then it makes sense that he would probably want to go there too uh, so he take this crew of all these kids, basically these uh, young actors that he cast in Platoon, and he brought them out there. Johnny Depp. Yep, and uh, Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker and uh, Keith David and uh, a lot of these, like uh, obviously Charlie Sheen, Matt, not Matt Dillon, uh, Kevin Dillon. I, I just remember. Oh, the well, Corey Glover. Glover. Corey Glover. Man. Lawrence Fishburne was known as Larry Fishburne yeah. in that yeah. movie. Cor- yeah. Corey Glover. Oh, was he in the... I, aren't you thinking Apocalypse Now? You're thinking Apocalypse Now. Oh, oh, thinking Apocalypse oh that's right. Yeah. Corey Glover, the Corey Glover, yep. in Living Color. Yep, mm, he was he in was, it. He was one of the stars of this movie. So he brought them out there and, and put them in a boot camp, and he got... Uh, Day. What is it? I want to always want to say Dan- his name wrong. Dale Dye? Dale Dye. <clears throat> Dale Dye, who everyone <laughs> call recognizes. Dick Dale all the time. Yeah, the surf rock guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and everyone recognizes him. He's the guy with the really white hair that's always in every Vietnam movie. Mm. He, <clears throat> he's the, re- he's the real deal. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was telling Dave yesterday one of my favorite roles was him in Casualties of War. He had that great like uh, dialogue where he's uh, screaming at Michael J. Fox. but. Yeah. So they put these guys through boot camp where they're literally like in the middle of the night when they're sleeping, setting charges off, and they want them to react to it and do different things. Uh, but the way they filmed the movie is they filmed it cons- uh, in order, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. when the characters died, they flew them off set. They said, you're out. You can't be here anymore. Yep. So once their oh, characters wow. died, they were gone. So I that, remember to the add cool, the realism uh, to it. I remember the documentary talked about, uh, all of a stone was talking about Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. He was like... He had yelled. He was yelling at him because he wasn't dying yeah. good for him. Mm. He's like, "Bullshit! Do it again! Exactly. Bullshit! Do it again!" And then he's like, "I just knew he was gonna he go on to do great things because he was such a pretty man." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and Johnny Depp's talking about it. He was like, "I just not, wasn't giving him what he wanted," and, and he said he kept, kept telling me, "Bullshit! Do it again!" Over and over Jeez. and over again. I I don't know if it was like the thirtieth take. He decided that he was good. He got it. But <laughs> what did I do differently that time? Tropic Thunder pulled a lot from this. Remember when he was uh, trying to cry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He> can't cry. <laughs> but it really shows the actors that, like John C. McGinley, is a big one oh, that you oh, could yeah. tell that if you were part of that platoon crew that he put through hell and then you continue to go back and do his films, you knew you had him. When he like when Will he, Defoe, Tom Berenger, these were all. Actors that he continued God, that, that line with John C. McGinley when his voice cracks. Oh yeah, and he's like, "I'm not gonna make I, it. I don't think I'm gonna make it." Yeah, you know? like yeah, you knew he wasn't gonna make it. Yeah, like Ugh. it's funny when Tom Berenger was like, "You can just look at people and see that they're not gonna make it." Mm-hmm. And then one of them's like the Sarge, and he looks at him. He just goes, "Yeah." He doesn't say anything. He yeah, doesn't right. even have facial expression. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love this movie. Well, oh, I love yeah. war movies. But Those I two love... actors in it. I mean, it was such a great. Well, great and that movie, whole man. thing with William Defoe and Tom Berenger. Oh, yeah. like, oh my god, dude! You know, and it's on the box and on the poster and everything like that. But like I said a, a few weeks ago, man, no one dies like William Defoe. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's good at it. He is. And my... do me a favor, please tell me a role that he survives 
oh, all the way through. There's plenty. There's probably American Psycho. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There are, there are some because he's he's done so much. He dies. Aquatic. He's got to die in eighty percent of his movies. I mean, if you're looking at Mississippi action Bernie. and horror movies, probably dies in every one of them if yeah. he's cast in those films. Even like guy, uh, what's that? Uh, he didn't die in uh, the the ones with the guns. The, the gun the movie. Guns. Oh, the gun movie. That's yeah. yeah. my favorite. It was a firefight. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Boondock Saints. Boondock yeah, Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he died in number two. I think that's why they came I, back. Alert. I put that out. I put number two out of my memory. It was probably one of the worst sequels really? ever made. I think he I think he died and that was the reason that they came back. Because they had like all left and everything. But anyway. Well, his most famous death was certainly Bladoon. Yeah. Absolutely. My favorite scene in that whole one is that fight in the bunker. When uh, oh, when he put the, when he pulls the knife on yeah. on uh, Charlie ten Sheen, years, he's like ten brother. years, man, <laughs> ten years now to keep crawling the goddamn walls, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really showed you the kind of different fractured kind of elements that you get when you're that close into a platoon situation well, too. And like I'm all stoners and the to, drunks. Yeah, it almost yeah. goes back to high school or college, yeah. you know, where Clicks, certain people man. gravitate to certain people yeah. and. Uh, but when you're in this situation, I mean, it's it's good to play nice because you never know who's going to be watching your back or who's not going to be watching your yeah. back. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing, you know? That's why Willem Dafoe smiled when he saw Tom Berenger. He I was know, like, right? and as horrible I'll... as this situation is, and as much as I don't like you, at least you're my friend yeah, and you we're got my on back. on the same side. And, and then just... He didn't even think of raising his weapon, and Tom Berenger just raised his weapon. And yeah. Tom Berenger saw was his probably... face, though, right? At the yeah, like yeah. His... yeah. You oh, saw yeah. the change in Willem, Willem Dafoe's Dafoe. face, yeah. yeah. Man, that... He was definitely one of the biggest villains in any movie. Did we use him on the villain pod? Uh, I don't Tom think we Berenger? did. Because I don't think he we did. could have been right up there, man. Yeah. He is the worst of the worst in this movie. He I got mean. it. He got, he got his but just But from a military was he, was standpoint, he he's the one Was that, that his name? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. I think that's what his name was. The uh, From a military standpoint, he's who you want in there, though, man. You know that psychopath that you can mm-hmm. just wound up and just let him go and kill whoever needs to be killed. But, I mean, when you don't care about women and children, and that was what was crazy about that role because you could see Kevin Dillon's path if Kevin Dillon was going to be in the war for another two or three years because he was already kind of a vicious son of a bitch because he was under yeah. Tom Berenger and you that's the problem with that you always you have one scumbag in charge like that or who is who's crazy you know you'll have that grunt who's underneath him is going like oh he's a genius man that's yeah. as long as done. he keeps in the I think the younger soldiers appreciate that he keeps them alive yeah I mean so there was a cool story and you uh, you probably told me or the documentary had it was uh, that village scene when he shoots yeah. the mother in front of the kid? That was a bunch of tourists he found. Oh, really? From Vietnam. Huh. They were like he's filming in Cambodia, yeah, but he right, had yeah. some Vietnamese tourists. Got to be hard for those people mm. to film those types of scenes, man. Oh, yeah. Or even like Kevin Dillon when he had to do it. But. That one scene where he, Kevin Dillon, yeah, that's like, the guy's head. Yeah, he's like his oh, head came apart, man. They didn't show it, oh. but you heard it. Yeah, like oh, it, was, just, it was it was bad. It's it bad. makes me think of uh, we had just we just finished the Cobra Kai series, which was awesome. We're really, really fun ass series, man. Uh, on YouTube, it's like the only series on there. I got like the free thing. We binged it over six hours and we got out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it reminds me of like when I'm I'm thinking of the scene with like Tom Berenger and uh, <clears throat> Kevin Dillon. And how Kevin Dillon's kind of changing because he's watching him in charge. Mm-hmm. In in the Cobra Kai series, you have this one sweet kid who joins Cobra Kai, and he changes his whole body, and he gets a mohawk, and he gets the tattoo. And Crease comes into the series, and Crease is like, you know, adding poison to the pool, yeah. you know, because Johnny was wants always- a better kind of Cobra Kai, and then Crease comes back, and he he feels bad for Crease, so he lets him sit in on the uh, on the lessons and everything, mm-hmm. and. 
before Johnny realizes it, Kreese is like training these kids on his own. Yeah. And mercy is for the weak. Yeah. yeah. And don't, we do he's like, don't listen, to, don't listen to Lawrence now. Mm. Listen to me. And so almost by the end of the uh, thing, these kids are all on Kreese's side. And the one kid who's like, I will break your fucking leg. Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want bad people in charge, man, because this is the shit that happens. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep of the leg. <laughs> all right. So back to all of problem Stone. with that? <laughs> no sensei. <laughs> this next one, I know me and Dave are huge fans. I'm, I'm wondering if you've seen this. Have you seen Wall Street? I have. I've seen it once. Like Such a great lesson. Ten... You, you watch Wall Street and trading places. Greed is good. If you watch Wall Street and you watch trading places, that was our education of the kind of uh, yeah. uh, I did stock see, market when I we did were see the second one. The second one was good? Yeah. Yep. And um, I don't have that on here. I, I don't really I, uh, remember it either. But yeah, yeah, with uh, what's-his-name. Uh, Did he direct it too? Yeah. yeah. I didn't put it on here because uh, uh, I figured we'd talk about Wall Street. I think Street. it was good. It was good. Yeah. Yep. It was better than you thought it would be. And uh, I liked what's-his-name in it. That's when kind of he made the shift to being kind of a uh, an actor everyone made fun of to even more of a high level. What's-his-name? The guy from Transformers. The kid Justin from, Long? No, the kid from Transformers. Oh, Transformers. Oh. The one who wears the bag on his head that says, I am not famous. He does weird Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, yeah. yeah. And he did like this whole thing where he sat in a box and had people insult him for hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he's, he's a like weird a performance guy, artist, dude. He is. Like, I think he's... His, slash crazy person. Yeah. Well, his best stuff hasn't <laughs> even happened I think we'd get yet. along. But if you, you know? look at him in like Fury... I. I People can give him shit for when he was younger and stupid and doing Transformers and everything. But if you hey, or the Indiana Jones, he ruined movie. Indiana Jones. But but if you watch Fury and tell me he's not fucking yeah, phenomenal he's in there, that, yeah. I mean, Digital he, Monkeys ruined. Did you, ever see, did you ever see his first movie? Uh, what was it? Holes. Oh no no! I re- I knew he was <laughs> well, in that. It was actually pretty good. Yeah no, that's the one with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the sploosh. Oh, you said hose. Holes holes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He cut himself real for. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm gonna give Fury? myself a scar. That's exactly what he did. They said they tried to do the makeup on him. I gotta stop fucking drinking coffee. (laughs) He was talking to Jimmy Fallon, and they said, so I heard, Jimmy Fallon's like, I heard a story about you on Fury. He says they gave you the makeup for the scar, and it wasn't to your liking, so you ripped it off, and you cut yourself in the face to to make it look right? And he said, yeah, because he's got the scar today from it. Wow, man. He's doing movies now. I thought he was great in that Nymphomaniac also, but... That's the other Wall Street. Let's talk about the early one here. Yeah, this one phenomenal, amazing cast. So you got uh, Charlie Sheen, you got Martin Sheen, William uh, McGinley, Daryl Hannah, Sean Young, Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Terrence was so Stamp. Good in this, was man. Great. I could, he came <laughs> in for probably two days and just destroyed this movie uh, in a good way. <laughs> so why don't you tell you us a little bit? Times over. <laughs> why don't you give us a quick little five second? Uh, uh, intro of what insider trading is because insider is, trading is is when I work for company book. A and I find out we're going to announce tomorrow that we're going to release a product which is going to kill the market and you call I me. called Justin up and I said hey you should buy or some Martha stock Sto- or Martha Stewart or Martha Stewart <laughs> yeah but the funny thing is is if I tell you mm-hmm. and you tell somebody else he can't get in trouble can I. I think so. Yeah, I think oh. directly you can. It's Boo. like, but, Boo. but <laughs> you know what? Yeah, right? <laughs> this is the funny thing. I bet people are on the phone with President Trump and, he t- and say, "Hey, when oh, you're going to announce tariffs, or when you're going to announce lifting tariffs, or when you're going to announce a deal resolution, you should give us the heads up, man." Yeah. And I guarantee you, people are making billions of dollars. Of off course, of they are. Insider trading, Insider trading happens all the happens time. You just every single day. You just don't want to get caught. You just don't want to get caught. And trading places. So basically, what um, basically what Michael Douglas's character is he owns a, a venture capital fund, and he 
because he was the one who said we're gonna I'm gonna buy into the airline yeah. and we're gonna and we're gonna save it. Well, but, even before that though, when he's like recruiting, oh yeah, Charlie Sheen, he's like, unless you can bring, bring me some, me some, yeah, bring something me some amazing, info. I don't even want to talk to you. Yeah, basically telling him Blue Horseshoe want, loves in, insider yeah, trading. Blue right. Horseshoe loves Indicott Steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. He I had called that. that up and he had that journalist. Michael Douglas has no soul in this movie. I mean, no. and to be this level of a businessman, you really can't have one. I don't agree with that. It's easier if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> certainly. And I certainly, certainly think you can be because I envisioned I have a I have I have my flaws when it comes to being a business person, but I ultimately have morals. Yeah, he, he did not. I he mean, did. to the point you have at to the look end where really, he's... really hard to find them, but they're in there. They're in there. <laughs> they're in there. I know. I get reminded every once in a while. I was like, should we be doing this? Well, remember, remember Michael Douglas at the end when Charlie Sheen's like, you, you, why did you wreck this company? Because it's wreckable. <laughs> you know, he was huh. just like, I'm doing it well, because I can do it. People buy. This is what he was trying to do. So. If you can get a company for less than its asset value, like if a company is dying, mm-hmm. you can buy it up. He was just going to sell the buildings and the steel yeah. and the computers. And if you have the time to piece all that out, you yeah. can make a ton of money. Right. You know, and I, I have a feeling that Charlie Sheen would have been a lot more all right with it if it wasn't his father's company that he did this. True. For. And that he grew up like, yeah. oh, wow. working he for knew this company. All, and he knew all the mechanics because yeah, his dad was kind of in charge of the... His dad the, was a blue uh, union, collar, nice but he was guy. a union guy too, yep. and straight as an arrow too. You know, he's he just wants to do well for his workers and everything, and he he fucks up. And but he ends up, doesn't he end up? They end up fucking Douglas yeah, over at the I'm end. I'm pretty sure they do. They yeah, oh yeah, yeah they yeah. decide that to go on strike, and they weren't going to sign the deal. And I yeah, think they, they got Terrence Stamp they to come out, in and help. Yeah, because Terrence Stamp hated Michael Douglas, hated him. <laughs> but it it he was comes a really back in the second one though. Huh? He comes oh, back he? in the yeah. second one. Yeah, I'm yeah. almost positive he does because I think he has to go to him to ask for help because something's I don't gone. If God, I wish I could not. remember because I remember yeah. that one being good. No, I remember you know? texting and saying I just watched it. It yeah. was really good. But I, what was great about this is watching Charlie Sheen get a taste of the high life. Oh, you and know? they did it all over the Talking Heads song. Yep. Really good. And he met Daryl Hannah and. She was helping him put art in his home. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Really, really fun to see him kind of branch out. And then the first time he went and visited his dad, his dad's. Hands him that huge, giant wad of money. Remember? He's like, here you go. He's like, oh, you already bought $42,000. He's like, you only borrowed a few hundred. He's like, no, there's student loans and all that other stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was just showing off, but Mike, um, Martin Sheen wasn't having it, man. But there was a couple great kind of Oliver Stone stories that came out of this. This was the one where Martin Sheen tried to change a line, and he jumped oh, on yeah, Martin yeah. Sheen. And Martin Sheen's like, I mean, he's he was the a man, big dude. Martin he, Sheen, dude. I mean, yeah, he was, he was already established when this movie time. came out. Uh, and Martin, to his uh, to his credit, said, "Okay, we'll do it this way. If this is the way he you said want. he was wrong later. Yeah. He, now, it was like a swear that he had to say that he wasn't didn't like." Isn't uh, this also the one where he's in the hotel room and no. he gets yeah wrecked? Not? No, yeah, this is the gets, one where Charlie Sheen gets drunk. In oh, the in the hotel room. room. <clears throat> yeah, oh, is that what you're talking about? No, uh, he was gonna I was ta- talking about Martin Sheen. You were going to talk about him cutting his hand. Yeah, in oh, that's apocalypse now. Why you do I really keep want doing that? You want everything to be about that movie, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I knew where he was going as yeah. soon as he said it. Just I, wait for our friends before Coppola already, dude. But no, this was the one where. All it's funny that they came out at the same time and one had the father and one had the son. Well, yeah. they had him do the I same thing. I think that thing. might be what confuses my well, brain. So <laughs> in Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola had Martin Sheen get really drunk so he could do this scene uh, of him at the beginning of the movie. And huh. in this one, 
probably in <laughs> honor of that scene, he had Charlie Sheen get drunk. Yeah, except Charlie Sheen was getting drunk yeah. every night. So and Charlie that's Sheen never stopped. That's yeah, right. it was like somebody oh, yell "Cut!" God damn you it! Get tell me, doesn't have to do this. <laughs> so when you see him throw that bottle across the uh, thing, he is trashed in the movie in r- real life. But there's <laughs> a talked not- about doing. Can like- we please name this episode "Tiger's Blood"? <laughs> this was also the movie where Oliver Stone openly talked about how he did not care for Her- Daryl Hannah being in his movie <laughs> where he was like I should have cast Sean Young in her role man that would have been a hell of a lot better and I'm like dude <laughs> she's wow. still with she's it. still around you know? <laughs> this was in the commentary in like the early 90s where he was talking about it too and you could tell that Oliver Stone's just he's not gonna hold his tongue if he wants to talk about something so I, I which is refreshing as a viewer and a listener you're like oh god what kind of dirt is he gonna Ugh. release on this shit because there's a lot of dirt going I'm uh, from sure, here on dude. out for his other films too but uh, Wall Street was a fabulous movie. It was like a good, like I said, like a good education, too, of what this is. Because this is a life no one's familiar with unless you are studying it. You go down there and right. see it. And it's not the same anymore. And it's confusing. Well, it's not know? the same anymore. It, it, no. It's all online. It's completely different. I trade online. Or I'm, you trade yourself. Have you heard of that? Uh, it's called Robin, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, yeah. Robin Hood's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Uh, I do. I trade with... I have a brokerage account, and I trade... And I just pay and you don't need somebody I don't need anybody, to do it no. for you if you're kind of knowledgeable what's going I on. I follow it. ten stocks every day. Back then, you mm. could there was no other way but calling a broker. Yeah, to yeah. Get them. you didn't know. It's like yeah. placing a bet, man. It's yeah. just like a mob, yeah. you know. Like. And your money's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the th- see, the, the thing <laughs> I try to people are like, oh, investing is like gambling. Yeah. I said investing is like gambling, except you are able to do as much research yeah. on the company is possible yeah like you could do a lot of research on the redskins but they still could lose if so-and-so drops a ball right yeah and even like i because i do a lot of i'll sell uh collectibles online on ebay and everything and there's somewhat of a way to predict when a yeah. movie's coming out exactly you do a lot big. of what i do yeah. without knowing it because one of the things is i'm sure that there are stocks comics oh yeah. whatever that when you know when you see what the price is for it, you're like, I can buy this because I know it'll never it's go insane. below that. Right. We, yeah. we had a, uh, Dave and I had a copy of, uh, get a little geeky on you here, of uh, New Mutants 87, which was the first appearance of Cable. And when we, when the first Deadpool movie came out and uh, they were going to, we had CGC copies of it that were going for like $300 a pop. And we were so fucking thrilled because we got like three of them that went for 300 oh, wow. each. And then the Deadpool movie came out. And at the end of the movie, we're uh, at the post-credits yeah. uh, sequence. And Ryan Reynolds said that uh, Deadpool was going to be in the next movie. Cable. Literally, when I was in the car, I, w- I went the day after it came out. I guess I went on the Friday and it came out that Thursday night. On eBay, they were already going for $900. And wow. I was like, "Wow, we fucked up." <laughs> Except we made a, but we made that, we made three hundred percent on our money. I know, so, so you can't really. But we could have. We could have made a thousand. percent That's what I say that every day. I owned a hundred bitcoin. So when to get in? I owned a hundred bitcoin at one time. Yeah. That was worth. That would be worth. At one point, it was worth two point seven million. Mm-hmm. I sold it for like ten grand. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So. No, there's there's been investment situations that like I've told my dad about like cuz I don't have money to invest, you know, but like Bitcoin when Bitcoin was like, you know, $100 for each coin, you know. I fucking 38. Told, I bought them for 38. Ooh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like And then they went for 8,000. Well, ah. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> don't even talk about They that went shit. to 20. Yeah. Yeah. They were 20,000 at uh, one point. Yeah. I had 2 million plus million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Wow. And I sold it I made triple my money. Exactly. I tripled my money. At that, you know. Yeah, you can't. But I, I could be retired right now. I could be retired right now. That's true. 
All right, let's go go to the next one. This is one of my absolute favorite Oliver Stone movies, and it's such a contained, we'll be contained the judge of that. movie. What's that? We'll be the judge. Of okay, that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> of mine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll tell you what we'll you, tell you, what you <laughs> like, motherfucker. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> All right. Well, tell me what I thought of 1988's talk radio because I I love this freaking movie. I, I don't I'm think pretty, you've seen this. I'm pretty you? sure you really liked it. Nice. Um, I I did not see it. This was <laughs> I saw it I a long it, time man. ago. Uh, Alec Baldwin. It's kind of like a uh, shock jock. Yeah. It's it, uh, Howard Stern esque, but not yeah, so much funny. It's Eric Bajorian. Benozian. Is he in Wonderland? Yeah. The guy's really good. He's he was also in what the hell is the name of that movie? Uh, I don't know what you're talking he's about. Ar- he's Armenian, uh, and he's from Massachusetts, which makes sense because there's a, there's a huge was, Armenian community. Maybe Ar- Gl- uh, he was Glenian. awesome, man. I love that yeah. kid. Uh, we went to school with an Armenian kid, and uh, they have. I had a look to me when I was looking at him, and I was. I even told my wife while I was rewatching. I was like, I bet he's Armenian. I said because I, there's a lot in Massachusetts, and I looked up his thing. I was like, not only is he Armenian, he's from Massachusetts, uh, huh. and he was really he's amazing in this movie, and it's basically showing uh, the shock jock kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. and everything, and the craziness that was going on in New York at that time, because it was literally. It was almost they didn't even show him talking to sane people on the radio. <laughs> it was always someone who was going to commit suicide, someone that was threatening down there. Tell, tell me, how do you dial the phone in a straitjacket? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of really great people in this. So it goes into his ex-wife. His ex-wife is Ellen Green, where a lot of people know her from um, Little Shop of Horrors. The blonde yeah. with the list. The we yeah. yeah. In this, she Sing had her walk. normal dark Sing hair. It's, it's weird seeing her in this. <laughs> you really appreciate her role in that when you watch her in talk radio just doing the normal kind of Ellen Green kind of huh. style stuff. And she's a brunette. She has a normal voice, obviously. Mm. Uh, a lot of famous people did the voices of people calling up, uh, too. One of them was uh, Park Overall did like three voices. She was the, uh, you know, Park Overall from Empty Nest. She was the sassy kind yeah, of receptionist yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that had the really... Uh, Nashville boy. She was yeah, in yeah. that Matthew Broderick movie where she played the uh, prostitute that had sex with him. Uh, Bluxy Blues. She was really great in that. Now, the, one of the voices, Michael Wincott did like three voices, but he actually came into the movie at some point. It was the weirdest role. He, my, it's hard to say that because Michael Wincott has had such a like hills and valleys of different characters over his career. People, He's played characters now. He's playing like an old man and things and stuff. He's but Alien back 4. Back then, like Alien 4, he was crazy in The Crow. He was the bad guy in The Crow and Stranger, uh, Strange Days. Strange he Days. Was crazy. But in this movie, he played like a super young, I don't give a shit kind of punk rocker who at some point, Eric Bosnian... Uh, invited him down to the studio and uh, everyone's freaking out why are you having this crazy kid down to the studio and he says I don't know it'll be something cool to have on so they bring him on and he's just screaming into the mic and huh. uh, what's great about this movie is you can tell that Eric Bogdanian has done this kind of shock jock thing for years and they show some backstory with him selling suits and someone says hey you got a really great voice maybe you should come down to the studio and talk to me uh-huh. and he like blows the other guy away on the air oh wow where you could tell that oh my god this guy's gonna eventually take his job and that's mm. kind of where he came from but he's kind of lost his way from where he was just that salesman that had empathy for people and it's now kind of destroyed his kind of look towards how new yorkers are to each other and what was great about this film was Watching Eric Bugnosian go like I'm sure crazy. He, I'm sure you butchered his name. Every time I think it's in a different way. Mr. Rosenfeld. Mr. Rosenpenis. But watching him become more fed up with the city that he 
and these people are like thriving off his kind of anger and his shock jock type ways, man. And Alec Baldwin like the these, pig face, uh, pig vomit. That? Yeah, he, not as much. He definitely is the guy behind the window watching him and trying to get him kind of uh, to do what he needs to be. So he sent like him a producer. bomb. Didn't the crazy fan send him a bomb? Uh, no, he said he was going to kill him. He said he was going to come down and uh, kill him. And it was the guy who does the voice of. Uh, or actually is in Home Improvement, Wilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. one of the guys who's threatening him. And it, I, spoiler alert, there's some like crazy shit that happens at the very end of it, but through the most of it, it's all in the radio station. Yeah. You could tell. And William uh, McGinley was his kind of sound guy who was like pumping him up through the whole thing and just really excited for him. And it, it was a fun movie to watch, but it was really kind of like a one-man show just watching uh, Eric... Buganosen. <laughs> Cover them all. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is correct. You're gonna hit it one of these times. All right. No, this next one, and this is a great one to go on because today is actually the 75th anniversary uh, of D-Day. This oh, isn't yeah. a specific D-Day one, but it's certainly a memorial uh, kind of uh, for the people uh, that survived. Was uh, 89s born on the 4th of July. I never saw this one, Man, it was, and it was good. I, I don't know. Good. I don't know why I never did. And you're a Tom Cruise fan. So I know. Like, it, I don't know. This I, was still between the area where you could tell he was young, but he wasn't. He kind of his whole acting kind of changed when he got to a certain. I uh, specifically in his though remember like when my brother saw that movie, just yeah. telling me how awesome it was and yeah. everything like that. But I just for some reason just never had the desire to watch it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was from like seeing Tom Cruise in the wheelchair on the there trailer. Was about, and just there was like, about. 20 minutes of him in the hospital scenes, which were pretty gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, it definitely showed the horror, especially vets go through. It, there's no you, bigger crime, in my opinion. Uh, like, harming animals might be the biggest crime in my uh, uh, my mind, but mistreating vets is, like, the worst fucking oh, yeah. thing you could possibly do. These people have given their life. Mistreating a vet uh, animal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, people! <laughs> but mistreating vets, we both uh, come from families. Me and Dave, our, yeah. our father and our grandfather and uh, uncles, and uh, they were all served and were all vets. And I don't, and, and I don't have to to agree with the wars. No. that they fight. I love or the our, stuff that they absolutely. go to. I love I mean, the military. I love our soldiers more than anything, man. And like I said, our, our grandfather was a drill instructor during World War II. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad we didn't know that side of him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. But and my uh, grandfather on my dad's side was a shipbuilder. Shipbuilder. Oh, cool. yes. yep. And our uh, a, our uncle. He was a master master diver welder. I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. Our great uncle was uh, captured. P.O.D. His, his plane P-O-W. was shot down. Oh, he yeah. was a P.O.W. for like three years. In Japan years? for. I said that because I thought that was true, but my mom, uh, grandma, I think said it was like eight months. Really? Like it was towards the end. Eight months he, is oh, three yeah, years. But if you're did being she held t- out. she tell you how nice he time. spent his time? He would wake up every day, and he would. Ha- they let him have a journal, yeah. and he would write out what he was going to make for meals fictitiously. Yeah, like he was he eating grunts. But I've read it. It's yeah. great. Oh, wow. I wonder if he, she still has it. It would be great to find out. But That's what crazy. was great about this movie is it, it was broken down in kind of this in a great way. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, the stars Tom Cruise. We have a lot of future Oliver Stone actors and past ones. Frank Wally, who went uh, to do The Doors with him, was in this movie. Who else? A couple was? of Baldwin brothers. And, uh, three Baldwin brothers. Like three Baldwin, Baldwin brothers. Almost, almost like a famous fl- one. Almost yeah. a fuck you to Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, you Alec don't like Baldwin- me? I'm going to cast every family member you have. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, Stephen, and uh, and uh, William were all in this movie in little small roles. So it had a lot of small actors in it. But uh, 
the parents were the ones I was talking about that were in Year of the Dragon. Uh, really great. One was in that interview with Assassin. Yeah, that I was should the, have recognized him guy. when I saw that movie for yeah. the first time, but yeah. I did not. He was really good in it too. So at the beginning of the movie, you kind of it breaks down just him going into the military. It shows him <laughs> as a young kid, and uh, Oliver Stone uses his little kid where he uses his little kid in a lot of the movies he's in. He plays young Jim Morrison uh, yep. when he was a little kid too. He was but, in. He was one of Kevin uh, Costner's kids yep, in JFK. JFK. Yep. And uh, it was a f- phenomenal. I think he was a natural killer too. Actually, I think he Probably. was the little kid <laughs> in natural killers. And Rod Dangerfield, and the Rod Dangerfield oh. family. Yeah, <laughs> talk about throwing your kid in the fire. <laughs> What's the scene he about, Daddy? It, it was thankfully <laughs> time. So, uh, <laughs> but you got the stuff you got to see him in Vietnam was really great. But he wasn't the great soldier man, and there was some horrible scenes. There was a really great scene that I had forgot about it where you, it shows the chaos of what's going on. They end up shooting into this one village, and they go in there, it's all women and children. Mm. And uh, then they show him on the ridge, and he's, he's shooting at all these kind of VC soldiers coming at him, and he turns around, and his eyes are in, like, the sun, and he, clear as day, shoots one of his old sh- soldiers. Oh, fuck. And there's a great scene where he's telling his... Uh, John Getz plays his commanding officer, and he Minute goes into fame. his tent. Uh, what's that? Men at work fame. Men at work fame. Yeah. <laughs> From such great films as Men at Work. And, uh, don't tell mom the babysitting. <laughs> I loved him in Blood Simple. We'll end that with a good yeah. uh, But it's a great scene where he's in the tent talking to him, and he was like, uh, he's like, things went bad out there. I, I'm, it's possible that I, I that I killed him. And he was like, now things John Getz is trying to alleviate and, and giving him an out. Yeah. Like, where yeah. he's like, things Several. happen out there, Several. soldier. <laughs> and then he says, no, but I, I, I really, I, I think I killed him. And he's like, don't lay this shit on me, soldier. Yeah. He oh, says, this man. is what's going on. The wars are horror and everything. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And yeah. Tom Cruise has to say, yeah, okay, but you know, that stuff sticks with you, man. Yeah. He knows oh, he killed fuck. his own soldier. Uh, and then they show him shortly after that going out and he gets clipped, man. And, and, like I said, he's not the greatest soldier because he's like he's like sitting up in the weeds like this, like oh, straight man, up. You know, yeah. he's like a target for everyone. Took bullets and, and, he spine. Sh- and he got shot. Through and the they chest, show his spine. His, spine. his the exit, exit wound, wound was like softball size on his spine. Oof, fuck. Because me and Dave were this was actually our movie yesterday we were watching and we're we hadn't seen it in so long, so we're waiting for his legs to get blown off and everything because we knew it was in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But we forgot that nothing happens to his legs. I get he him and Lieutenant. I get him and Lieutenant spine. Dan confused sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the shrimp boat guy? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't this uh, Apocalypse Now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never get out of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I just but, wanted to cook, man. <laughs> but so this was great. You got to see the uh, him go from geeked out soldier excited to be in the war he was on his second tour and then uh to this paralyzed guy like you said that 20 minutes with him <sighs> at the vet hospital they did not give a shit they were like puke and shit on the ground and <sighs> we did not take care Hand of washing they and, did a they did a lead into to a scene in the hospital mm-hmm. where the first shot went from fade in from black to like uh Bedpans, yeah, dirty being, bedpans, dirty bedpans being scooped out. You're like, whoa! I, the the pump that's keeping is yeah. like uh, the keeping his like leg from being uh, septic. Septic goes on the fritz and he's freaking out. He's like, and they were like, I guess he could have left the hospital even earlier if he had decided. Four to, months, four months earlier if he had. This decided is a true story, to, by the way. Yeah. And, oh, is it really? And he does such oh, a great job that the real guy that he played gave him his bronze star. Gave Tom Cruise his bronze star. After Holy the movie fuck. Came I'm out. not giving you my purple heart. Yeah, no, you can have my bronze star. Bronze star is <laughs> uh, pretty good to get, too. So uh, 
he's begging them. He wants to save his leg. And he was like, why? There's no use anyway. He thinks because he's it's my walk. goddamn leg. I want my fucking leg. Right. And so they, thankfully, they get the pumps going and he gets his leg and he gets home. But you get to see the kind of, even his family and his friends reacting to him. You know, they just don't know how to handle talking or even being in the same room with Tom Cruise yeah. because he's paraplegic. He, he was like a star wrestler in town that everyone loved and it opened with him wrestling and everything and showing him use his legs and everything really yeah. well, well done. And then he goes through this kind of period his where... His mom sucked. His mom, man, she was such an angry... She had that great line where he, he gets really drunk and comes home and he's screaming about God and screaming about that and he's screaming about... He, he yanks his catheter dick, out. He's like, my dick doesn't work, or my penis doesn't work, and she screams, don't say penis in this house. Oh and he, she was and very he starts religious. screaming around the house going, penis, penis, penis. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> but uh, so you get to see that go wrong. But then he's also going through this period where he's like, I'm a, I'm, I love the the time I uh, spent in the war. You, you're laughing at that I'm show? sorry, dude. I, this <laughs> Poor Tom just, I just had this all, this hilarious flashback. Back in like middle school, we used to fucking play this game called Penis. Yeah, <laughs> so you can say it louder. So, yeah, yeah, dude. Like, but you played that game too? Oh yeah. my it, God, dude. There was a comedian that was talking about how uh, it might have been Jim Jeffries. But they were like doing it at church. Yeah. Oh, we would do it all like everywhere on the I bus. I say penis, the and then you have to say it louder, yeah. or I win. Yeah. Like I didn't know this game. Oh my god! Next dude. time we're at like a wedding or something, you, we, we need this to pull is, and penis. you'd just be in the middle of something, and one of your friends would just go, penis, and then you'd have to go, penis, and they just have penis, have, yeah, penis. Like, <laughs> Oh my god! Games dude. played when a kid. Oh man, that oh, I'm was, sure the Christian I school forgot that. Yeah, all about that. that. I'm sorry. I, I just I had to bring that, that history funny, back then. into it. <laughs> it did work in well. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know how I'm going to end the episode. He could say cock, but I can't say cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> it's different. Uh, <laughs> So so yeah so you get to see him like defending the 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 war at the beginning of the movie and shortly after he gets back then so suddenly realizing and it's because he has these connections with like Willem Dafoe who plays an ex kind of uh, Vietnam vet and he's <laughs> yeah, a great line and there's a lot of the protesters and it, to the point where at the end he was like this is bullshit we mm. should not be at this war and people are remember he's at like the, is it the Democratic National he, Convention he was at no it was it was Nixon it, it was, was that yeah it was like yeah, Nixon it was Nixon's uh, campaign rally, campaign rally, and they're like people are spitting on him and calling him a communist and like trying to escort him out of there, and they they're gonna arrest him, and then they have that scene where the one guy picks him up on his back and literally runs him to safety, and they oh, bring wow. his chair, and he's talking to the press as much as he can because uh, he needs to just get his voice out of what's going on. So, is there a significance to the name of the of the film? Is his birthday? I think he was just born on the Fourth of July. Okay, yeah. no, just, just it curious. opened his as a kid. He was. They opened with him playing war games in the woods, or at the parade. and then he went to a, the Fourth of July parade, and he was blown away by it. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, it was phenomenal. It was really, really good. Uh, and yeah, it was another one that you could tell that. Oliver Stone had like direct knowledge of kind of Vietnam vets and the stuff that went on there, so he brought a lot into the kind of the uh, the movie of what these soldiers had to deal with, which which sucks because when you think of the soldiers coming back from World War II, it was all hugs and kisses and we love you and thank yeah. thank you for your service, and then when you're in Vietnam, we will fucking spit at you yeah. and we will not give you the services you need to deal with which, PTSD yeah, or anything. I don't that understand stuff. because 
was like, dude, who came yeah. from our life? They got, the and they they got drafted, but they got drafted. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. there was a draft just, in World War II, but people were signing yeah. up once they bombed Pearl Harbor. You can right. hate the war but love the soldier. I mean, and that's where it kind of got blurred yeah. that when they were being called baby killers. I mean, come on, man. I said, that's bullshit. Killed right. three babies. This next movie, <laughs> this next movie, and we're going to go away from the kind of the war here a for a little bit, <laughs> uh, is 1991's The Doors. Love okay. this movie, man. I, I'm a huge Doors fan. It was one of, it's one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. And uh, I've, I've, go, I've grown out of love with most of their stuff. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was a huge, huge Even Doors the fan. stuff that's not like played a lot, like uh, Peace Frog and uh, Maggie McGill, that type of stuff, you still can't I, There's some stuff I really like, but just when he starts getting into his shaman-type weirdness. Stuff, I love it. But back the, in the, this back is in the a, this movie was, was great. It was fabulous. Absolutely, movie. fabulous. Love this movie. I would watch ah. it a million times, even if I couldn't stand the songs they were playing. Yeah, it's a good movie to watch with psychedelics going on. <laughs> yeah. I went to his <laughs> grave. I, I went to his grave in Paris. In Paris, yeah. yeah. And well, everybody had like a shrine set up, and it was weird because I had only been I'd been there for a few days, and it was pouring rain, but we went anyway. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure if um, what's his Val Kilmer won the Oscar for this, but let me tell you. It, it's yeah. it's one of the best things he's ever done. It is arguably you talk Val Kilmer. It's either this or Tombstone are the two best things he's yeah. ever done. And he changed himself. And it was a great story about him auditioning for uh, for Oliver Stone, and said I'm gonna because he was in a band at that time anyways. And he was like, mm. so what I'm gonna do is I'll. Uh, he gave him a tape, and he's like. Uh, Side A is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and side B is me. And yeah. I want you to be able to kind of play these back to back and see how really, really kind of accurate I am mm. at it. And he listened to it and he was like, wow, that's really good. That sounds just like him and that sounds just like him. And it turns out Val Kilmer was, it was all Val Kilmer. Oh, lied, that's lied awesome, dude. None of them were Morrison. That's awesome. Uh, and he totally just like tricked him into it. And he was like, well, I got to And he looked like him. And he looked just like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of photos that you have to really kind of even think, is this Val Kilmer or is this actually Jim Morrison? Man? Right. And it was a great story that took it through his whole what's his life. Na- uh, what's her name? Um, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan kind of disappointed that, him. That was another one that Oliver Stone pulled a Daryl Hannah and came out and said, he said, that really pissed me off Meg Ryan's kind of role in this movie because she was supposed to be that free... Hippie. natured hippie type girl so he wanted her just to just walk around the apartment like naked right, and everything and just yeah. be free with her uh uh with her boobs uh and showing him and, and there was a point where you could see that they were in bed together and she i, I guess she uh she'd had enough she had well no she <laughs> she talked, did it but then she, she like did it. covered herself and, up and when it was just barely like a nipple slip and then she mm. at one point pulled the sheets back up and everything and that was all he'd give her and everything and yeah. it must have disappointed her because she went on to do like in the cut where she was nude uh, uh, and this was yeah. a horrible piece of shit movie yeah. where she went on to be nude in it and everything and uh, oliver must be watching it going come on <laughs> i gave you the role of a lifetime to be yeah. nude in especially when you're in your 30s too <laughs> but it's like that type of thing i mean you know and that was his argument too it's in the script you know it's, it's in, the, in the movie yeah <laughs> it's nothing's got to be more frustrating and i've had it happen with me as a director myself where things are in the script and at the at the moment people are trying to talk you out of it oh i had we, we've had four night- or five nude scenes in our movies and i understand it but if you don't want to do it just don't agree to be in the movie and do yeah. that role if i you had to do talk it, one the of the script. i had yeah. to take one of the actresses out for a beer <laughs> and tell her that how disappointed paul was going to be if because she was going to back out of the nude scenes. Mm-hmm. Jenny Wolf. Jenny Wolf. Yeah. Well, that's her alias, too. We, we That was one of the stipulations that... And I wonder how what she thinks about that, too, because she's still in town. But it's not like that movie is... Uh, 
people are watching every day and knowing who that if is. If they are, I'm not getting any money. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's huge overseas. No yeah. In Taiwan. Yeah, This right. is like billboards. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is all about, I mean, there's probably 26, 27 uh, like door songs in it. But the, the great cast that plays it, because uh, I went and I read John Densmore's book, who John Densmore is the uh, drummer. Mm-hmm. You got Robbie Krieger is the bass player, John Densmore well, is the drummer. Robbie Krieger was the guitar player. Uh, there was no bass player. That's right. There was no. They had a traveling bass player. That but they also had the guy the, playing the keys. Yeah, that's right. Was, uh, uh, Ray Manzarek. Ray Manzarek. So Ray Manzarek did was the played keyboards. By, what's his name? Brilliantly. By Kyle uh, McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin, man. Really great. By Kyle McLaughlin. And Frank Wally played. They became uh, all those people. Yep. Oh, yeah. Frank. So Frank Wally played Robbie Krieger. And then Kevin Dillon played John Densmore. And uh, he had already obviously worked with Kevin Dillon and Platoon in a completely different role and everything. And they all played it great. And they they were all for everything, you know. It, it sucks because they had to deal with a lot of uh, Morrison's bullshit <laughs> is what it was. It would have been a lot easier. I mean, they were – the scene that I think of the most when I think of scenes where they had to deal with his shit was uh, where Kevin Dillon is like – we got uh, disinvited from uh, Woodstock. He's like, everyone's going to be there. And says, we can't go because of fucking the shit he pulled and everything. Mm-hmm. But there, w- there was also times when he, he, was drunk. he wouldn't show up to a show. He'd be an hour late yep. to his own show. They'd be on stage ready to go on. Yeah. Then there's a Miami fiasco oh, where he, uh, they said he exposed, he exposed himself. himself. Where he, he he did or he didn't. People were like, it was like well, he was out on bail. When he it died, was like any reason died. to arrest him, so they arrested him and they brought him in, and it was kind of a. Uh, <clears throat> It was kind of I mean, like he was a spokesman for the generation. Yeah. There's no denying it. But he he kind of peaked really quick, and then it was just yeah. like that huge decline. A lot of people can't deal with that kind of it's celebrity. That 27 year. Yeah, but it was great was, to see well, the yeah, 27 Club, the 27 Kurt Club, Cobain, Kurt Cobain, uh, Janis Joplin, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix, um, Jim Morrison. Yeah, and there's like eight others. Hendrix and him have very similar. Somebody kind of just thing. recently, like a couple of years ago. Um, Died. Oh, uh, he was getting Mac ready to Miller. turn twenty-eight, and that? I killed Mac him. Miller. <laughs> I don't know him. Uh, he, he was Mac really Miller. Big, he was Ariana Grande's ex. Oh, big, really? Big hip hop guy. Huh. Yeah, he was. He was good. He killed himself. Accidental overdose or something. I think it was accidental overdose. Huh. Yeah. Well, this was a fabulous movie. I loved it. All these actors were uh, really good in it, and uh, if you like the music, I mean, you got to watch it. I mean, because it's like a definite celebration of his music. All right, this next one, same year, too, 91. 91 was the year Oliver Stone, just by looking at these numbers here, man, because not only did The Doors come out that year, but so did JFK. Which which is weird because I guarantee you they weren't filmed anywhere close to each other because JFK was a long-ass movie. Yeah. Which yeah it was like took three and a half hours, wasn't it? Or at least three hours. Three hours, the, the actual, the I think cut. the director's cut was like three and a half. Mm. Um. But the research involved in this movie, Ooh, man. The, the pre-production involved in this movie must have taken them. Yeah. Oh, he must have been working on this a long time. And Jim Garrison was alive at this point. Jim Garrison he was, he was played. Uh, he played the head of the Warren Commission, Warren. Oh, interesting. In the movie, <laughs> that's a he played his, play. the, I, his adversary. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, I could talk for this. I could talk about this movie. We'll do it at least for ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> I could talk about it for an entire podcast. Me and Justin will have our own game. Yeah. Pain us. So, yeah, JFK is when he kind of, where it started the kind of conspiracy theorist part of all Yeah, Because when you think careers. about it, there wasn't really anything conspiratorial. Not really. Before that. I mean, other than um, 
Yeah, because all, a lot of his stuff is fiction. Like up up until Born the Fourth of July, I guess and the it, talk radio was about that guy too. Yeah, but it wasn't conspiratorial. No, it wasn't conspiracy until JFK. Because there was a lot of people when that movie came out, they were like bullshit, and I was like. This is clear as day how it probably went down. If you look at the facts, it's like being a science denier. It makes no yeah. sense well, here's, when you have these facts in front of you. The, the most poignant part of that movie is the end credits. Yeah. After the end credits, they list every single witness, every single person that testified, every single person that was questioned, over 70 or 80 or 100 people. They listed them in their names and how they died. Mysterious death. Really? Car crash, suicide, suicide, mysterious death, mysterious death. Right down the list, and you're like, every single person that had anything to do with it was killed. That's crazy. And you're like, this can't be a coincidence. Yeah, no. Like, uh, there's another similarity to that like of scientists Mm -hmm. who are like on the verge of like groundbreaking stuff like there's lists of their death and it's just like getting ready to kill cancer (laughs) yeah for real suicide you know what i mean like it's crazy how that shit happens for me the the idea that his his head would have only gone one way or the, the left yeah back into the left or just the exit wound and everything like that when you look at the physics of the whole thing you know he cannot be shot from up there and get this type of wound right. that, that for me is the end of it I mean yeah. the rifle obviously. was defective he was a mediocre shot there yep. was three leaves on the tree that he was yeah, supposedly was it, shot three shots through <laughs> was it three shots in six seconds with a bolt action three rifle three shots yeah. in six seconds with an Italian made piece of shit bolt action yeah. rifle yeah um, and they had all the he wasn't a in. sniper you no. went to, you were at Dealey Plaza yeah I went oh there, yeah no I, I I went to. I've seen the spot the where spot, he was yeah. sitting. Yeah, well, That's not right. just the X, but up in the museum. Oh, Jim, Nor- Jim Norton's. Right. Jim Norton's my favorite joke of that. He's like, "Yeah, I went there. I visited. There's an X you can stand <laughs> right uh, these days yep. that you can see exactly where he dies." He's like, "Well, I hope it was there. <laughs> I hope it wasn't there day of because if it was, someone missed a clue." <laughs> That's funny. Oh my Were you God. there with the uh, when the grassy knoll uh, uh, kind of uh, fence. fence was still there? Because they took it down. Um, I don't know that there was a fence there. No. I went, There's a museum on the sixth floor now. You can go see yeah. the spot. Yeah, no, that's where I went to. Oh, okay. And they have it all glassed in and everything like that. And, like, you know, you can't go and look out the window, yeah. but you can, you know, you're eight feet away from the corner where he was looking out. And basically, they just took the entire floor and just turned it into a museum. Yeah. You know? I didn't go up there. I should have probably. The but cast I, I was, more was brilliant. And yeah, you'd, we could go up there. The stuff in New Orleans was so awesome. People. Jack Lemon was great. The, oh, man, uh, other, the other guy from. Uh, John Candy. No, the the other guy from the old sitcom uh, was his boss, Jack Lemmon's friend. Oh, the, oh, Ed Asner. Ed Asner. Yeah, yeah. The, everybody. Joe Pesci. One of the best things Joe Pesci ever did. One of the yeah, best yeah. things uh, Tommy, Jones. Tommy Lee Jones ever did. Kevin Bacon. I mean, Kevin I mean, Bacon was. We great. could name these, and we'd totally forget. The girl people. from Larry Metcalf. Roseanne. Larry Metcalf was it was so great in yeah. this movie. Newman was. Great in this movie, yep. John Candy. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, the guy from Henry, Frank Whaley, killer. Yeah, uh, was great in yep. this movie. Uh, Michael Rooker uh, and Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin <laughs> Costner. Oh, yeah, he is in it. In. And uh, Sissy Spacek was the wife. Sissy Spacek's his wife. Yeah. So uh, because I haven't seen this, so you do know the story though. I do very much. Brian um, Murray played uh, Ru- right. Ruby. Mm-hmm. So you were saying like you know. By looking at this movie, it's very difficult to say that it, it would actually have gone any other way. So, yeah. what's the direction that the movie presents? Like, how, how, what's it? That there ex- was three there shooters. Was, okay, so it was yeah. a team of CIA that 
The problem in here is, I think he's dead on. The, I mean, the why Kennedy was going to pull us. Kennedy fucked the CIA in the Bay of Pigs, mm-hmm. and a lot of the allies that the CIA had cultivated to go and invade Cuba and get rid of Castro got killed, mm-hmm. which pissed off the CIA community. Then when they found out that he was gonna, that he was gonna pull all the advisors out of Vietnam, mm-hmm. they because if if you think about the Amer- America to have a military like it is, they have to we have to be in wars a lot. Right, you have to justify have having fifty four percent of our national budget is defense. Fifty four percent. Some other countries it's like five yeah. or ten. Can you imagine <laughs> spending half of your entire gross national product? On defense they'd like, spending, they'd be like I buying mean, a gun with half your paycheck every time. You yeah, got every time you got a paycheck. Yeah, you have a, a little more than 54%. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> a little tiny gun to go along with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, we, we are a superpower yeah. because of it. Yeah, and <laughs> and some people do buy a gun with every paycheck. <laughs> Anyways, so that's kind of the way he presents it. It was the CIA wanted regime change in the uh-huh. U.S. because he wasn't good for them. Interesting. And, and See, that Johnson, makes me want to watch it more. Because, Johnson oh yeah. was all for it. Johnson immediately escalated Vietnam, and Nixon took it another step from there. And you know, for we, me, it was less about the why that was being done than how it was being done. The idea that they're the selling this as one shooter when it was obviously bullets coming from different directions, and the fact that the but guy it was magic. Got, yeah, <laughs> the guy they got theory. to uh, do the autopsy had never done autopsies before. Shouldn't have been doing autopsies. Yeah. They had mm. so many people in the room doing shit. The pictures. Have you seen the pictures of him on the autopsy table? You can look at the pictures. I don't know that the I have back seen of his entire head. Yeah, blown it, it's brutal. Out. He was it's supposed brutal. to have been shot in the back of the head, but you see this fist size. And that's the it's thing. clearly an exit wound, right? And that's the thing. That's an exit wound. <laughs> and, and like, you can't sell that to anyone. You can't have a non pathologist working on the biggest. Yeah murder case in the history of the United States next to maybe the, Abraham Lincoln, but they didn't even have that science back yeah. then. I mean, the biggest like stone in their shoe in this whole movie for the CIA was Zapruder. You know, if, if Zapruder oh, hadn't have been yeah, there yeah, filming yeah. Uh, filming on the kind of... Uh, no, I have seen the Zapruder film. Yeah, well, eight that's millimeter. what it is. If they yeah. didn't have the Zapruder 8 million uh, middle film, they could have sold this to the public any fucking way they yep. want. Right. And they would never even have... This movie wouldn't even have been an issue. Yeah. Garrison would have never even taken the case. Back and to the left. Yeah. Yeah. And George should. Bush was on, in uh, Dallas that day. Really? Mm-hmm. Was he on the Warren Commission? No. Nope. Someone was on the Warren Commission that was became famous. Uh, like, was it Ford? Tommy Ford. Thompson or Ford? Ford, Ford was, was on the, German, okay. uh, the Warren Commission. It was bullshit also. All right. <laughs> so let's move on to a more <laughs> uplifting movie. Penis. <laughs> Natural Born Killers. <laughs> let's talk mm. how fun Natural Born Killers was. That actually is a really fun movie. <laughs> well, it's a lot if more... If you take it in the satirical realm, which you're supposed to and be watching it from... And that's the problem with the movie, is a lot of people don't realize how satirical and artsy this movie was supposed to think. People thought this was gratuitous. Don't get it. It's the same people it was that... A commentary the, the, on the, the culture. It's the same the people that don't realize what they're doing with American Psycho have the mm-hmm. same problem with American yeah. Psycho that have a problem with American... Yeah. Uh, or, uh, natural one killers because this movie has a lot of comedy in it they don't take it too seriously through it but there's some horrific kind of stuff in it now what does your this is one you have seen I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm yeah what do you think of immediately in your mind when i say natural one killers i mean honestly the first thing my mind goes to is um when they're tripping on shrooms and when they get when she gets bit by the rattlesnake rattlesnakes? Yeah. um you know like i don't know the whole movie is just like a bad trip 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of what it seems like to me. Oliver you know? Stone talks about in the documentary how he did shrooms during the not making the did movie. They do that during Doors too. Uh, just to backtrack a little. Probably. Bit. Uh, probably. Oliver Stone is always very open about him. His he doesn't do anything crazy. I mean, it's just psychedelics. PCP and, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think it was just weed. Nothing heavy though. I think it was just weed and psychedelics because he was that generation that that kind of was their thing anyway. Gateway drug. But. He talks about on the uh, documentary talks about doing the uh, uh, the scout locations with three other people doing shrooms, and the producer talks about we took shrooms all day long. We were getting pulled over by cops, and they didn't know what was going on. And I was like, sure, you should be telling these stories. Yeah, right. That's why I always like every time I hear an Oliver Stone documentary or a commentary, I'm all for it because you know you're gonna get the straight dope about what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Uh, how about you? What's your mind going to when I say that? Natural Born Killers. Rodney Dangerfield. Is that where it is? Every yeah. time? Every time. It's very disturbing. Except they they did it in a with a laugh track yeah. over the top of it. Oh, sitcom. Sitcom yeah, style. Sitcom, yeah, with a live studio audience. With Edie McClurg as the mom. and yeah. She, Mrs. Poole. Got yeah. Mrs. Poole. No, see, now you know where it's Mrs. Poole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's one rad dude. <laughs> uh, I, always think, I always think the opening when they're in, that, in the diner. I love the opening in the diner where they uh, they shoot the two. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. When they shoot the waitress and uh, she cuts the finger off of the guy that she's dancing with and it falls on his uh, foot and it was really a fun scene. But I I like to think of Tommy Lee Jones in this a lot, man. When I think of Tommy Lee Jones as, as that the warden? crazy warden, God, he was nuts, the, dude. The, we talked the the film style for this because the. How many cuts were in this movie in the Dutch angles that they shot this stuff? Crazy they lighting. They would just do crazy lighting or they would repeat scenes over and over again, but in slow-mo or a sped Robert up. Robert Downey Jr. They, was they really, really good in this did a style yeah, for this. Robert Downey Jr. was great in this movie, man. He was a wild he lost, man at the He lost that movie, his shit. Man. He yeah. lost his shit for sure at he the end He thought of this they movie. were going to take him with him. I mean, <laughs> this was literally a great example of that type of roller coaster of a movie. You know, it, it, when it starts, I mean, it's almost constantly going down yeah, you know absolutely. on a roller coaster because stuff is happening and you get to see how the public kind of adores them at mm. some point where they're loving Mickey Mallory Knox and they're yeah. wearing the shirts and I think that's what pissed people off like critics and glorification people. it yeah. was that seemed like they were glorifying it when they were real showing she killed kind of, a gas is, station attendant kid that would, uh, oh, yeah, that was uh, Getty. That was Bellstar Getty who did that when he was like... he Trying like, to go down on her and, yeah, like, and then wasn't she, doing it right. And, and then so shot she him. fucking got him. God, oh, dude. Man, it was, a, it was a, some downers in this movie, man. But it, overall, it was just kind of a wild ride of a flick. But all right, this next one. You should pull up this one on uh, the cast on this because I don't want to get the... Uh, I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I've seen it before. And I know we could at least talk kind of the subject matter for sure. Was 1995's Nixon. Nixon. Okay. Oh, okay. That was uh, which one was that? Who Anthony played Nixon? Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yep. So I've seen this one time. Um, really good. I pretty much remember. I mean, I can talk about Nixon. Yeah. Well, that's what long. I figured. We talk a little bit about Nixon, but I wanted to see who was playing his cabinet because he had all sorts of famous cabinet members. This was, I think, the first one that James Woods decided to come back, and he played Halderman in this. And Halderman was one of the kind of cover-up guys yeah so we're dealing directly with nixon's in office vietnam i think we're dealing with did a they little talk bit about vietnam. the tapes the nixon uh, tapes oh yeah, yeah that he made i think this was directly dealing never record with the, yourself with if you're gonna do illegal <laughs> shit with <dude>. the scandal <laughs> so let me go over the cast a little bit and i'll tell you who they play in the movie because these are all super famous people that go on and down history uh 
Joan Allen plays Pat Nixon. James Wood plays Haldeman. Uh, Paul Servino plays Henry Kissinger. Bob Hoskins plays uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, Ed Harris plays E. Howard Hunt. Uh, we got Mary Steenburgen and Powers Booth plays Alexander Haig. Did they ha- JT Walsh. Did, um, did the two reporters get a role in this I'm at all? That's a good question. You got E.G. Marshall, uh, David High Pierce, David Pimer, David High Pierce, uh, Tony Goldwyn, Kevin Dunn, Sam Watterson. Right I mean, this has got some <laughs> of the most famous people ever, man. Jack, uh, Larry Hagman was in this movie uh, too. Madeline Kahn, Edward Herman, Saul Rubinek. Dan Henja, John Dahl, Annabelle Geish, Bridget Wilson. These are all super, super famous people. George Plimpton was in it. Yeah, makes me want to watch it again. Yeah, it was great, and I I loved it. And it's a hard movie to do because, just in my personal opinion, it's got to be hard to do anything that's been done before. Like, it's based on real life because you've got so many people that are just going to pick it apart. But this is his following in his conspiratorial yeah oh for sure line because it, he this was one a, was it's, it's hard to deny this conspiracy because it's all on tape you know it's yeah. it's all pretty cut and dry i mean he admitted it after. yeah and know. eventually he admitted it and everything i mean when you have two reporters that are that diligent about finding yeah. out what it is and you've got Plus, whistleblowers and i'm not sure who played andy was sorry later on when you saw in frost nixon yep when he, they got him to apologize. Yeah, for and he it. kind of redeemed himself a little bit with all the stuff he did in China yeah. when he was doing mm-hmm. his uh, when he was going overseas to do his trips and everything. I I think he he was the definition of falling in a pile of shit but coming out smelling like a rose. It was funny how obsessed he was with making money. Oh yeah, like remember when Frost Nixon he was very concerned about how much money. He oh had yeah, and how much money other people have. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and I don't think this went into a lot of end of his career. No. I think this ended no. with like his disgrace. Like, I'm not a kinda, crook. Which basically did kind of... Frost Nixon was kind of right after that. I mean, if you were going to watch it, this, though. watch Nixon, then Frost Nixon. This is the only time that a president quit. Yeah. <laughs> he would have got away with it if it weren't for Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, those pesky kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> uh, but beautifully played by Anthony Hopkins. It's got to be a hard kind of role to step in, but you definitely have the video of yourself. Uh, Someone played him recently, too, in another movie. Well, right? I love Frank Langella. Frank Langella yeah. looked mm-hmm. uh, and sounded certainly like him, but uh, Anthony Hopkins but did I think a great somebody job. Else, somebody else did him recently. Uh, John Cusack played him in The Butler. Okay. Yeah, he I didn't came see on that. to play him. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. The one with Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I did see it. But it was great. Great history lesson and a great kind of conspiracy thing for him. I'd have to rewatch it again uh, to get the details, but we need one over here that we can just... This is Justin. This next movie is Justin's, man. Justin's going to have to carry it on this one. I'm pretty sure I already know what it is. Yeah. Is it uh, Any I, Given Sunday? It is. <laughs> it's my time to shine. 1999. <laughs> now me and Dave will play the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is a really good movie. It's a football movie. Um, this isn't the one where someone shoots somebody in the beginning. No, that no was last that's last Boy Scout. Scout. Okay. I've seen this, but I, I know Justin knows it uh, a lot better than I have. Yeah, um, so Huge you got cast. Al, Huge Al Pacino, cast. Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, LL Cool J, James Woods, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, who plays LT. an amazing role. Yeah. Like, brought me to tears. She play LT? Kind of. Yeah, you know, I he mean, it's not it's not him. Um, he's just known as Shark. Yeah, you know, um, Bill Bellamy. Remember him? Oh yeah, uh, from MTV fan. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> Yo, MTV raps. Was that his? No, uh, no, I don't think that was him. No, that wasn't him. You know, yeah, it was. It was. It was um, him and somebody. No, that else. was Ed Lover and. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. But they, yeah. they left eventually. 
and there was Bill Bellamy came in and did something. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just a VJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People uh, are like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" VJ. <laughs> 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 um, so he like badge. <laughs> <laughs> so Al Pacino is the coach. Um, Cameron Diaz is the team owner. It her- changed her career, man. Oh her, yeah, her career was down one path of playing a certain character, and then she came in and played a badass. She was. Like, she was yeah. a fucking you know a snake. She was hardcore. Oh yeah. Um, so Dennis Quaid is the uh, the quarterback for the, the team. Soon has been you know? right. Yeah. yeah, he's the quarterback the, the for the team. Yeah, but he's been like the yeah. franchise. He's player. the Tom Brady of who? like this coming year. Who played him? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. You know, he's like what t- Tom Brady is going to be dealing with this next coming year because we know this next coming year is probably going to be his last. So yeah. the new guy is going to be up there. So, Me and my friend Ken were just talking about how. They should have hung on to that one Garoppolo. dude, man. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, Kenny thinks that my you buddy gonna get him back. My buddy Kenny thinks we're going to get him back from San Francisco, uh, and that would be the. They don't care about football in San Francisco. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> it it kind of goes well with this though, because when you have that great of a player and you have a backup, the backup wants to play, man. Right. Like, you can't. You can't him blame him. You can't right. blame him. But see, going. this is the thing. So Dennis Quaid gets hurt. You know, as it happens, and then they send in the second string quarterback who lights it up. And he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Then they send in Jamie Fox, <laughs> and he fucking pukes in the middle of the yeah. hut. Like he, you know, he's so nervous, and he's, you know, he's terrible for the first few games, and like he starts to get into his groove, but he also starts to like get a really inflated ego, um, and he starts playing really, really well. Um, but and I'm sure this happens in you know real life too. There starts to be kind of a rift between the offense and the defense, and like Jamie Fox kind of like you know, uh, separates himself as above everybody, you know, and him and Al Pacino have an ongoing start to a feud. And like, it's a really good football movie. Like it's, it's like the program, but mm-hmm. for the pros, yeah. you know, and like just, you get to see the shady part of it too. I think, isn't that what James Woods plays? Like the, uh, the team doctor, right? Right. It's yeah. Like, Get him started. And, yeah, yeah. and Matthew Modine is the incoming doctor. Yeah. And, you know, he basically is like, what are, you, what are you doing to these guys? Because they all have, like, drug addictions yeah. and stuff like that. Um, this is what we do here, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- this is what we do. They have we to play on Sunday. And put them back out there. It's you a know? product, man. Absolutely. And they use them up. So um, one of the particular storylines that I really like is Lawrence Taylor's. Yeah. Um, and was he juicing in this too? No, the no, he's, no. Um, there was one guy who was similar. Um, actually, no, it was the same guy from the program, Andrew Andrew Brynarski or something. Um, oh, oh Latimer. Latimer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Same guy. Um, oh, he's a monster. Dude. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. huge. Didn't he play football? I don't Pro- know if he did I would, or not. I would bet at least high school. Yeah, or college. Um, college but. So Lawrence Taylor is. On his last year, he knows, you know, this is going to be his last year. And he has to get, like, a certain number of sacks or stops Mm -hmm. or something like that to get, like, a million-dollar contract uh, bonus. And the thing is, is he's kind of, like, really mismanaged his money. So, like, he's going to be broke at the end of the season unless he gets this. Incentive. Yeah, (laughs) you know. And, like, I'm sorry I have to spoil this because it happens happens at the end. Um, Basically, they have to make a stop. And he makes the stop, but he fucking breaks his neck. Uh, and the guy or his own? No, his own. Yeah. Um, by making the stop, yeah. you know, it's a did goal he get line. His, did he get his million dollars? It's a goal line stop, and so you know they're out there trying to wake him up and everything, and they got to roll him onto the stretcher. And right as they're like kind of lifting him up, you know, he kind of wakes up and he goes, "Don't drop me." 
I'm worth a million dollars because he made that <laughs> yeah, yeah. contract by making that stop. Oh, dude, it's yeah. such an awesome scene. But like, LL Cool J, fantastic in this huh. movie. Like, just a, it's a great all around football movie. And mentioning Matthew Modine, uh, do you know he's running for the SAG president? I heard that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, for the Actors Guild. So it'll be interesting to see if you get it. A lot of times it does go to actors like that, too. So Charlton yeah. Heston was in this movie? I can't remember. Huh, I, I can't remember who he AFFA was, though. AFFA football uh, He's like one of the, the one of the other coaches or something? Possibly. I, yeah, I'm I'll have to rewatch sure. this, man. It was really good. And, of course, Outkast did a song on the soundtrack. I bet. It came out yeah. like the same. I don't. Maybe not the same. Terrell week. Owens. <laughs> it might not have come back the same week, but within the same month as the replacements. Oh, really? When it came out, I, love I remember that movie I too. loved the replacements, and then I end up watching any given Sunday. I was like, yeah, it's all right. But going back now, I can really appreciate it. And a lot of Oliver Stone's movies are like this, but it, you really get the idea. And this is weird. This is the first movie he did with Pacino, and Pacino and is amazing this in is this. The only movie he has ever done with Pacino. And you know, does he say hoo-ha? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, he gives the halftime speech, and oh my gosh, dude, it's yeah. so great. The coffee is for closer speech. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but kind of jumbling those egos, you know, these are a lot of major, big, big actors that he's working with here. Yeah. It's got to be but difficult. But he's, he's got the credibility. And the football scenes are fantastic, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, they are uh, well done. I'm looking at this list too, and I, it's weird he's never, uh, he's never in a movie with De Niro. Seems strange. Well, isn't he doing the one? Isn't Oliver? That's Stone? Martin Scorsese. Oh, okay. Who's yeah, doing yeah. that? Yeah. Who's never done a movie it was with a De Niro? It was a either. Now, <laughs> he's never done a movie without De Niro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next movie, and I really liked it, and I went a long time without seeing it, and I think a lot of people were the same way. Not as much for me. The reason for uh, me going out not seeing it, I just didn't have a chance to see it. And a lot of people had mixed reviews on it, and uh, a lot of people said that it might have just the timing coming out was too soon, even though it was clearly five years afterwards. Is uh, 2006 World Trade Center? Oh yeah, I didn't see this. One. It was good. good. It's really yeah, good. It, it's good. It, it, it I focused just saw it so like three it was ago. like on a it was Specific on a very thing. micro level. There was, but it was it was tense that beginning. Where oh, you, yeah. I mean, you going into it know what's going to happen. Yeah, right. And yeah. it happened shortly into the movie. But what's what's crazy is, and I'm watching the movie, and I'm when I'm watching the movie, I'm I'm watching with my wife, and she she actually likes this type of movie too because she likes disaster films. Uh, so and people kind of kind of pulling themselves up the bootstraps to kind of get out of a, a situation like that. And I'm watching it and I'm constantly like, what's the timeline? And I'm pulling up the timeline on my phone because mm. you want to know mm. That's something how it's coming down in five minutes. Because yeah. the internet was not kind of like rampant at this time where people were as connected as they are right. now. So they they heard that when the you got to see Nick Cage and uh, our boy from uh, Ant-Man uh, – Paul Michael Rudd. Pena. Oh yeah. He, it was basically those two guys are the, are the main uh, actors in the movie. Interesting. So they're part of a uh, uh, a fire crew, the Port Authority, weren't they? The Port Authority so. um, firefighters, and so they got called in because someone flew a plane into the World Trade Center. But they thought that's all it was. It was right. some dumbass who yeah. they didn't realize it was an attack. Right. So they're going there and they're uh, they're picking up supplies and everything, and they're in tower the second tower that fall at the point and while they're in there the first tower 
falls. Oh, wow. And they even, on the way there, are hearing rumors that something went into the second tower, and they were like, that's just a rumor. We didn't. There's nothing going on in the second uh. tower. What came across in this movie is how uninformed they were on the ground. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what was going on. They were still is, racing there. They probably had no, the case. Yeah, yeah. nothing I mean, like, like that is ever, no, you know. The people I mean, at home watching on TV knew so much more of than course. the firefighters. I couldn't yeah. believe the, the building ground. came down. No. And that's what they like, had no concept that that was even going to happen. Like I knew a lot of people were going to die because yeah. of, it was there was a lot of floors above the where the plane hit yeah. Yeah. that you just couldn't get to or get people out. Oh yeah. yeah. So when it's going down, I mean it really has a little bit of PTSD even for viewers who had weren't there or just watching yeah. on TV because it's scary because you know what's going to happen. And so when the uh, the lobby of the one they're in is is tumbling down, Nick Cage has the uh, wherewithal to say, get into the elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. So they all duck into the elevator uh, shaft and then the building uh, falls down around them. And all these firefighters are like in this hallway kind of separated a little bit from each other in the rubble. So basically... Nick Cage and Michael Pena, because everyone around him dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cage and Michael Pena, the only two people alive, buried in the rubble. Pinned. Uh, pinned. Can't get out. They're just got to wait. And like they're bleeding out. Michael Pena can get his fingers on like a pipe that he will pull down and it will drop water into his mouth here and there. But when he releases it, it makes this loud bing, bing, bing sound. Uh-huh. So Nick Cage keeps asking him. He's like, he's like, keep doing that. Whatever you did, just keep yeah. doing it. And they're mm-hmm. talking to each other. And you get to see a little bit of the backstory and everything. Uh, the most interesting part of this movie for me, and a lot of people had questioned if it was real or not, and it turned out it was, uh, it was definitely real, was that Michael Shannon's character. Do you remember Michael Shannon's character in this? Um, no. He was in a different state. He's a Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... He was watching it on the uh, on the news, and he told his wife. I he was a very religious guy, and he was and he went and talked to his priest. I guess he was right after he had watched it, all within like an hour or something. He talked to his priest, and he's like, I, "I think I gotta go down there." Mm-hmm. And it, same with his wife. So he went down there. They show him show up at the airport, all in his fatigues, walk into friggin' World uh, Trade Center where the rubble is, and tell people, "I'm here. Uh, this is who I am." And at some point at, during the night, they call off the search while it was dark. Because uh, it was unstable. Because it was unstable, and they, and was they of, couldn't see anything anyways. A lot of contamination. Well, and everything too. was yeah. fucking on fire. It, it was and, insane I mean, that they couldn't see anything. And Michael Shannon said, I'm not going. Uh, I'm staying here. Mm. So it was Michael Shannon and like two other people who were just with flashlights walking over the rubble yeah. every once in a while screaming. And they hear Michael Pena's ping yeah. of that pipe and then he's looking down there and they couldn't be more excited obviously to see him and he was like uh he's like i'm i'm here we are not leaving you and uh we got you and wow. from that point the doctor just they got pulling them out man. to go down and cut them loose because that was i saw an interview scary with him part, man because at some point michael shannon was responsible for showing them where they were and everything and then right after that he went to iraq and did two tours he, oh, wow. he like flew from the friggin' uh, New York That's crazy. to Iraq and do two tours. So this guy was a like crazy hero. Yeah. But the, he pinpointed where they were, and they had to just break out enough. Uh, it was like a claustrophobic person's nightmares, oh, where they had to wiggle down there like a worm on their belly yeah. just to get to Michael Pena. And he sees the other guy next to him, who is the uh, you know main kid from Hostel. 
Yeah. He he was killed right next to Michael Pena, uh, impaled by something Ugh. because he decided to stay to help Michael Pena. So not only was Michael Pena's feeling guilt, but he's like staring at this guy's dead body who's just yeah. hanging there. Yeah. And so he was like, you got to save me and my partner. They didn't realize that when Michael Pena says, you got to save me and my partner, <laughs> that Nick Cage is below yeah. them, like uh. 10 feet below him. They think he's they're looking at his dead partner. And yeah. They just need his body out there. So right. they're working on Michael Pena. And all of a sudden, they hear Nick Cage's voice. And they're like, there's somebody else down here. He says, yeah. that's my partner, yeah. man. He says, uh. I thought you were but, talking about this guy. Yeah. So, and they were super concerned. The doctor, you said, uh, do you, did you watch the interview? I saw an interview and he was like, that he couldn't, he had to cut through a tendon and a bone and he just couldn't get it with his surgical instruments. Yeah. So he's like, I just, he's like, I remembered I had a pocket knife on me and I pulled a pocket knife out of my pocket and that was the only way I had to saw like oh, through. fuck. I mean, they probably didn't feel it at that point. Yeah, but I but, mean, yeah, and you got you have to do what you have to do in that situation. Nicholas yeah. Cage, he, he kept saying, "Don't fall asleep." He says, "If you fall asleep, you you're might dead. not wake yeah, up." He exactly. says, "If you're awake, you're alive." Yeah. You know, and that's what he kept telling Michael Pena, and they kept just trying to help them to to wake up and everything. It was, it was yeah. a difficult movie to watch, yeah, but it was, was a lot say, better than I thought it was. I bet be. it's probably fantastic, but I don't know if I can watch that. Uh, yeah, Someday they're gonna do a different. Bigger scope movie of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be interested in seeing that. Yeah. I liked that they kept it at a microcosm of, a, yeah, of an event that happened yeah. within an event. Right. But uh, there was so much to scenes. that movie. The, 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 the collapse that you know was going to happen, and then they did show one of the people jump, and it landed on a sidewalk. And that's, and that's the thing. Is like, did you ever see that documentary? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, see, that, that's, that seems probably the, more dude, difficult I've, to watch than what this. Did it, what was that one called? The Fall? It was or like the Falling Man. Falling Man, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've seen that, and then like... This is probably the most palatable of all the ones And I'm sure. And it's funny, because when I heard it was coming out, I was like, Oliver Stone's doing World Trade Center. I was like... Get ready for the conspiracy theories, and there really wasn't any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, also glad, the same time I'm as that United, uh, what was it? United ninety three, ninety three yeah. came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was decent. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a yeah. decent movie too. So, yeah. But anyone that lived through that, they know how difficult of a thing that was going to be. Mean, and you knew when it was happening that there was going to be a visit, movie. Zombie. I visited the site. No, I did twice. They I were building it when, when I was up there. I visited the site twice before when they were just taking it down still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I went back after the new one was finished and walked around the new one. It's funny. The new one, it's got like a twist in the building. The freedom mm-hmm. towers. Yeah. If you stand up against the building and you look up, the way that it's positioned, it looks like it goes straight up into space. Yeah. Like oh wow. You, it literally looks like it goes on forever. It like vertical oh, from the ground. Awesome. Yeah. And it just is like that's it's cool. crazy. It looks a million feet tall. I yeah. mean, it looks ridiculous. That's awesome. All right. Well, this next movie, and this ties right in with his World Trade Center, and this was a phenomenal movie, is 2008's W. God, man. James Brolin. I've seen this or recently. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin is so good in this movie. He this makes him. All of, he made. I, I thought he was going to rip him much, but he pa- painted him almost as a sympathetic character. Yeah. And the, the more you hear about it, he is kind of a sympathetic character just because he's a decent human being, you know, that was put in a situation yeah. where he... Well, now that we've seen Cheney movie, yeah. we kind of yeah. know that he was a patsy, Yeah, that there yeah. was a force behind the yeah. presidency that was... And he, he came out of office looking a lot better than he did during the office because everyone during office wanted his head, yeah. you know, for this and for that. And when he, now that he's out of office, people... Well, the bar has, yeah. has been set really low. <laughs> so <laughs> There's people that would trade him in a oh, second. Shit, yeah. oh. <laughs> and just, Please. Uh, 
please, sir, can I have some more? And he kind of keeps to himself unless a president or someone dies. You know, yeah. he's off doing his painting and he just does his thing, man. I think I, it's really neat. I don't know. Have you seen, like, anything about his relationship with uh, Michelle, Michelle Obama? It's funny, It's man. so it's awesome, yeah. When he's, like, right. passing her candy. At, yeah, or, like, like resting his head on her shoulder yeah, and stuff They're, like, like really good friends, like, No, I man. think that's so and, fucking great, And man. that's what's great when, like, decent people, regardless of parties, can kind of come together and do that type yeah. of thing where it's completely separated it's now. Unheard of now. But I, it's what America should be. <laughs> Like, hey, look, we've had our differences, and yep. now we're, like, best of fucking friends, yep. you know? That's like, what it is. That's why we'll never, even when uh, Douchebag is out of office, we'll never see him at these events, you know? We'll never see him at when Carter dies or when anyone else dies, because these people are literally putting in their will that we don't want him here. How terrible, <laughs> yeah. How yeah, great was that for be... Senior, George Bush Senior? Oh, He's like, "What's your uh, what's your final wishes? <laughs> this, I don't yeah. want him at our fucking uh, thing." So, but let's talk a little about this movie. And this is another one where the cast was absolutely brilliant. You may want to pull up the cast for W. That's another one that we might not be able to name them all. But it goes in from his time. I love how it goes in his time from as a frat boy kind yeah, of in college where, where he's playing baseball all the time. People forget. And he's still one of the only uh, presidents that have made that first pitch. Have you ever Googled bad first pitches? Oh, no. Do you see the one recently? The girl, yeah. the girl hit, someone it, next hit the to camera him. guy that's straight at a 90-degree angle. Hit the camera guy in what? the lens. What? That's crazy. <laughs> and it was hilarious. But they've showed like celebrities, Nolan Ryan. Nolan ha- Ryan had one of the worst pitches what? you've ever seen when he's older like oh, 20 wow. years after his he's been out his arm was probably blown oh, out. I'm sure it, just for it him went, to make it that went to the right and it, it didn't even come close it, it came like 15 feet from the poor uh, guy the I would nail yeah I, I feel bad for him but I feel if you agree to do that and you haven't gone out there and yeah, tried a hundred right. times well, I remember throw a few man yeah warm up pull up George Bush uh, uh, Jr. though man he has a killer pitch because he used to be a pitcher too sorry I don't no you're fine close on you uh do you remember some of the other actors in this? Um, so we got... I'll name it so you don't have to stress. James there. Cromwell was his dad. Played Bush Sr. Yep, Bush Sr. So you got Thandy, great. Thandy Newton playing Condoleezza Rice, and she's yep. super famous for Westworld now. Laura Bush played by Elizabeth Banks. Uh, they don't have anyone. Uh, they just have Colin Powell. So yeah, play yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Uh, I, go, I go to Google when I need to get there quick. Oh, I go gotcha. to IMDb when uh, I yeah, yeah. accurate. So you got Colin Hanks... Uh, uh, playing just a speech writer. Richard Dreyfuss played Dick Cheney. Uh, he's kind of too nice of a guy to play Dick Cheney, but I can see how he look, kind of looks like him. Uh, Jeffrey Wright played Colin Powell. Jeffrey Wright's awesome. Toby Jones played Carl Rove. Donald Rumsfeld was played by Scott Glenn. Bruce McGill was in this. Toby uh, Jones Stacey is the Mist Keech. guy? Noah Riley. What's that? Noah Wiley. Toby Jones from The Mist? So the guy yeah. from The Mist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played Carl Rove. He looks just like him too, man. So there's some really, really top-end people. Uh, Harry Fleischer is played by uh, Rob Corddry. <laughs> I did not know. I forgot totally that Rob Corddry was in this movie. So yeah, It's this- just funny how of, uh, he was he was kind of a fuck-up. Jeb was supposed to be... They were going to groom <laughs> Jeb. <laughs> yeah, they were going to groom Jeb to be the next president yeah. Of, yeah. from yeah. the Bush family. Mm-hmm. And uh, why, why didn't they? What was the reasoning? I don't know. Want to or? He, he, I don't think he wanted to, and uh, but then I just like the timeline of showing him fail at a bunch of businesses, yeah. and his dad getting him out of trouble. Yeah, I mean he was kind of the fuck up. He was son. A fuck up. I mean he had to be bailed out on a whole bunch of different shit. He, he loved DUI, drinking alcohol, man. Loved doing DUIs and, yep. I mean the great thing about being a Republican, if you can say that, is. <laughs> 
is if you can find Jesus, you can do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you find Jesus <laughs> and you stop everything you were doing and you find Jesus, then everything before will will have made you stronger as yeah, a yeah. Christian. It's true. <laughs> in, case you're looking, in case you need a in case you need like what do they call those doomsday scenarios to get out of trouble? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get out of jail, jail free, free cards. cards. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man. Use Go that. Christian and everybody will say, Oh, you turned your life around. <laughs> yeah. You, you accepted like Christ in your heart. You'd be like Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd. I've seen a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh, in, boys, the and water's and fine. Then they <laughs> eat you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so this goes all the way through. Does it go through to nine eleven? I mean it must, right? Uh, because you said you saw it somewhat recently. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I did, but I can't remember. <laughs> did, but I would have had to have believed that it goes into like that uh, that level of it. I my just pet, can't when he was reading My Pet Goat. Yeah, when he read and They showed the goat. timeline from yeah. Michael oh, Moore's man. movie, like was, nine uh, minutes. Yeah. That was what, Fahrenheit 9 11? Yeah. yeah, man. That was a damning kind of documentary like, to him, too. Jesus and, Christ, man. Just to. I mean, you could the, point the, fingers, but the way they used it, to, the way they used it to get into Iraq, yeah. was disgusting. Yeah, like or they, or brilliant, however you look at a it. Brilliant <laughs> or brilliant, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we bought it as a country. Yeah, we needed someone to attack. We needed. We I needed mean, Afghanistan is fine, but who wants to fight in it's Afghanistan? Not, yeah, it's not. Uh, we want shelly. Iraq has the oil. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> have you seen the Dave Chappelle skit where he plays Black Bush? I can't remember. No. no, I don't think Oh, so. my God. <laughs> he's like, he's acting like he's doing a, a press conference, you know, and he's like, they got, and the, the reporter um, asks him, like, you know, do you think there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? And he's like, weapons of mass destruction? We going after that. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This shit's so funny. Yeah, it was just some miscues that obviously he made in his career that uh, kind of fallen around. Remember how, like, <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, I won't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely flubbed some fool shit. Fool me can't get fooled again. <laughs> he flubbed some shit. He's like, that's a who lyric. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but if you, if you look at, if you... Play that up against all the times that uh, Trump's like oh, God. Trump's dentures yeah. weren't fully in. They have oh, a God. whole bunch of clips where he, you could tell that his dentures were kind of like slipping, and he just was slurring his words and doing all this kind of shady shit. My so. favorite Trump meme is it says when someone asks you how much you've spent on fishing equipment. And it's just him going billions and billions and billions just over and over and over. Reminds me of that David Chappelle episode when they're talking to Rick James. They're like, he's like, what am I going to just step on someone's couch? <laughs> yeah, I stepped on his couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, All right, we'll go on to the next one here. So 2012, and this was a great. Uh, I love this movie, man. This was, and I don't know, maybe I'll be the one talking about this because I'm not sure you guys have seen this uh, before. And this is 2012 Savages. Is that Blake Lively? Yeah, Blake Lively. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron, uh, she gets what, kid- Aaron Taylor Johnson, this, the kid She gets ass. kidnapped. Yep. El Nisa Del Toro is a bad think guy. I've and, seen uh, well, uh, Salma Hayek Salma is Hayek the is real kind of boss uh, of it. And it dealt directly with uh, John Travolta, was in this too. That's right. It was like two brothers that were with the two, same girl. Or no, something. no, they were not brothers. brothers. Best they were like best friends, friends or something yeah. like that. One and they were them, like, had a safe weed business or something. Yeah. Like, well, one non-violent. Of them, well, eh, well, no, that was violent. But remember, only one of them dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So you got Taylor Kanish, who's the guy who played, uh, he played Gambit and. Uh, 
and the really bad uh, what, what was it the Wolverine movie the one where uh, they fucked up Deadpool uh, Wolverine Origins oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah you guys Origins speaking English ones. right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got him who was the ex-military guy so he was kind of the muscle and then you got Aaron Taylor Johnson who's uh, the guy who's a biologist it's kick ass he, he played a horticulturist that came up with the weed and everything yeah, yeah. so they decided to go in the business but they were both in love with the same woman and they both had this agreement that we'll both sleep with her they're both her boyfriend, really, <laughs> is what it came down to. Right. Uh, yeah, Alan, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I want to make sure I got his name right. Because he's, Tom, like, huge right Tim now. Tim Tyler Quicksilver. Ta- <laughs> Zachary Taylor Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Was he in this? <laughs> Where the fuck has he been? <laughs> I ain't buying weed from you, homie. <laughs> uh, so you've got... They have this great kind of uh, weed business, and they have also... Uh, a shady FBI agent kind of on the payroll played by... That's John Travolta's character. And so what's going on is they... They get approached by... uh, By... What is it? uh, Benicio Del Toro about this drug deal that they can make with the Mexican cartel that's run by... Uh, Salma Hyatt, who's kind of taken over because her husband kind of went under, kind of very similar to... uh, What's her name from Traffic? Yeah. Captain Zeta Captain Jones. Zeta. Yeah, and she's a badass too in this movie. Selma Hayek's really great mm-hmm. in this movie. And uh, but Benicio, this was one of those roles you get to see Benicio play where he's a scumbag. Yeah, he man. was pretty he's fucking a, cold. He's a wasn't scumbag. He? Remember the scene just where like where Blake Lively spits at him and he like licks it off his fingers and everything. And he's that type of guy that you don't know what kind of craziness he's going to do at any point. Mm-hmm. And he's ruthless, man. He he goes to one guy's house and uh, it was one of the lawyers or something, and he. Uh, executes him but he uh he's got like a protege there this like young 16 year old kid and he's like you need to shoot him in the head and then this other uh and then they kill the guy and then his wife is there and he's like you're gonna rape her at like if you're gonna rape her rape her but if you're not gonna just kill her yeah. and, and uh he makes this kid shoot this this like innocent innocent woman in the head and benicio just is cold man yeah. he is super cold he reminds me of his role in uh, license to kill where he was like that, oh, yeah, dr- yeah, that yeah. drug dealer's kind of lieutenant who was just a scumbag. You could tell he had evil all over his face. Mm. Kind of before, this is, you kind of looking at this role now, you kind of think this is what he did before Sicario. Like he got, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he was like really a lot crazier than he really was now. But, uh, so what happens is the the guys don't want to do the drug deal with the uh, with Salma Hyatt. So they make the mistake of kidnapping their girlfriend Blake Lively, and they just snatch her up and let it, let them know, hey, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna uh, you're gonna pay this money to us, and we got this uh, your girlfriend here. And so they have to uh, literally kind of get their guns and make yeah. their life hell. Start taking out people of the uh, the cartel. And uh, screw over Travolta, too. Travolta says, I'm not helping you do any of this. And remember, uh, Taylor, like, stabs Travolta in the friggin' hand. Oh, shit. And he's like, what the hell? You just uh, stabbed an FBI agent. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do what the fuck we tell him. So he kind of folds and, like, does whatever the hell uh, they tell him. He's kind of they a kind of measly, weaselly character. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you explain that? I mean, what you know, like, what happened to I your tripped. hand? I tripped. Uh, yeah, and my hand landed on some garden shears. Yeah. Like, kept myself shaving. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it was one of those situations where Salma Hyatt has the upper hand through the majority of this movie until towards the end. They get the guys get the smart idea that kidnap uh, kidnapped her daughter, 
And so they end up kidnapping Salma Hayek's daughter. And then oh, it comes yeah. down to this whole exchange trade off <laughs> thing, which my only bad part of this movie was they do one of those things where they do a false ending where it doesn't end like this. It's going to end like this uh-huh. type of things in the movie. And I'm yeah. like, why would he do that? It just didn't match with the rest of the movie to me. Uh-huh. To it put doesn't in match thing. his MO either. Yeah, it, it, it was weird to me, even rewatching it. And I, I remember a lot of, I remember really liking it the first time I saw it, but there was a reason that I held back saying that I really loved it. And then rewatching it, it reminded me it was because of that stupid fake ending. Huh. And because they, they do the trade-off and everything. And then at some point, everything goes... Uh, I don't think if it goes bad or it goes good. I can't remember uh, what it was. I think it goes good, and then it it just didn't like does a like rewind. That, yeah, and it didn't and actually it, it didn't go actually that way. And a bunch of people like, get fucking doing? killed. Why yeah. are you doing like a clue ending on yeah. this? Yeah, Scooby Doo ending. Exactly. They should have just ended it the way they ended it, which was good. It was violent. It was cool as hell, and everyone kind of got screwed over. And it was fun though. Definitely, it was a good drug movie too, and you didn't get to see. I mean, you really didn't get to see him, Oliver Stone, do a drug movie. He wrote a great one for a Scarface, but he, he never got to do one of he his own. He did a lot of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, this was this was heavy on that. Uh, well, that does what was weed. It was all dealing with weed and everything, so not legal yet in the areas where they were uh, kind of doing this movie in 2012. Uh, all right, but this next one, and it's funny, I don't have a date uh, on this last one. Maybe it was redacted because it's Snowden. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird one to forget the date that I put on this one. I think it was like 2016. Yeah, I think is this the last one he's made? Like last, last one that I have on the list oh, okay. here. Because he, uh, and me and Dave just saw this last week. Yep. Loved it, man. And Snowden's like very similar to how Chernobyl is, you know, where you think you know all about it until you watch a whole movie about it and they show you the details yeah. about uh, it. Have you seen Snowden? I saw it once. I yeah. just remember... Intense. It was I, good. Yeah. I remember how when it, when it came out, they were like a low level CIA analyst released the like they played down yeah. how how I mean he designed one of those whole programs. Yeah. I mean he was I like, mean he was like the Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, of, he was yeah. huge. Wasn't it? No, no, that's Julius Assange. Oh, okay, but he uh. fed him a lot of material. Yeah. So you've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was amazing in this movie. I couldn't get over the fact of how much he changed his voice. Mm-hmm. When I'm listening to him, I'm like, it sounds like friggin' Edwin Snowman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Snowden, man. And it, it goes through how absolutely intelligent he was. Remember, he's in the uh, – he's doing the uh, – uh, remember, he gets hired by the guy from the replacements. You know, the wild man from the replacements, the Irish guy? Yeah, he yeah, went crazy. and Whitey. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he plays, now he only plays these like really stern, he plays like the head of the CIA or mm-hmm. something, or the mm-hmm. NSA. Yeah, it's Riz Iffens. Yeah, he takes a chance with Snowden, and he's like, uh, he says, I'll take you in, and remember they're doing the tests with him, mm-hmm. and he says, you have like eight hours to do it, and uh, he comes up to him, and he's like, yeah, I'm done. He's like, you don't have to let me know every time you're done with a section. He's like, no, I'm, I'm done with the whole thing. Yeah. He's like, it's only been like two hours. He's like, yeah, I know. Usually he's like, takes what, He's like, what should I do now? He's like, anything you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great, too, because he knew right then, holy crap, I just got like a prodigy kind of working for us and everything and like writing code. And it was really great to see how kind of straight-laced he was kind of at the beginning. Yeah. He didn't drink. Uh, he didn't drink, he didn't but I'm just talking about kind of a, as far as the rules go. Because remember, he ends up getting paired with that one guy who 
uh, who's just willy nilly. Who is just willy nilly with his information? And he right. was like, "Oh, you're working on something. I, I'll leave the room while you do that." He's like, "Why?" He's yeah. like, "You're gonna see it eventually, anyways. You might right. as well be here for it." And he really exposes him to how much, and that's kind of the meat of this movie: is how much the government is watching. It's own citizen. It's watching. Anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's and he's writing programs that will allow you to not only uh, kind of watch criminals, but anybody. anybody. And it, yeah. he's running the like. Do you want to know? The great part was when he's standing over that guy's shoulder, yeah, exactly. and he's like, he's like, oh, hey, so we're here. See that video feed? He's like, how'd you get access to her video? He's like, this is live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's through yeah. a laptop. Her laptop yeah. Yeah. open. And it's great right. stuff. Where uh, because Snowden's girlfriend is uh, Shailene Woodley in this movie, and she's really great in this. And he can't tell her jack. He shit. can't tell her shit. Yeah. And there's one point where she's she's kind of an exotic uh, artsy uh, pole dancer, mm-hmm. and she wants to put some pictures of her up there. On the internet. Pole, yeah, she was a pole dancer, yeah. but it was more from. A, uh, yogurt-esque. Yeah, but she was also a Artistic photographer. photographer. She was also a She wasn't a stripper. And she had taken pictures of him, too, and uh, some of them became famous because he hadn't take, had many pictures taken of him before he kind of got famous. Uh, and she wanted to put him online. She's like, don't put that online. Yeah. She's like, why? It's going to be on my own page. He's like, he can't really elaborate why. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you should. You need to cover up your, that she camera said the Russians, on your thing. She he said the Russians were stealing pictures and putting them online yeah. knowing that it was us. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. And he kind of was like the uh, spearheaded that movement of the, you know put a sticker over mm. your uh, your laptop camera and everything yeah. because he, he they can look and yeah. watch whatever you want. So they got they showed some scary stuff where he was oh, pulling yeah. up information on anybody just Joe Q public and pulling up what they've the done hardest, what they've yeah. the hardest thing for me to watch is that scene when he was in boot camp. Oh, I can't remember jumps out of his top bunk member oh yeah and, and he hurts snaps his, leg. snaps his leg oh, that's yeah. why he can't go into the army anymore yeah. so he starts that's probably recruited. the best thing that ever happened to him well maybe maybe <laughs> not yeah maybe he not is or the worst he is yeah, living the in worst. russia right now yeah yeah so and at some point he just he gets obsessed with the idea that uh of the government keeping what the american public should yeah. know and decide for themselves of what should be allowed and what should not be and it was a great scene where they show him kind of stealing it on his zip drive they made it really yeah. exciting where it ends up falling on the ground at some point the sd cube. card he puts it in the rubik's yeah cube. he puts it in the rubik's cube uh-huh. but it's like a real tiny sd card but remember when it falls on the ground yeah, and yeah. The, his friend puts his foot on it yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh kind of covers it up because he has a couple of people that are kind of he pitched directly he pitched helping an him, idea of why like he was working on something, and but he was kind of telling them, and they're like, "Don't tell anybody this." Yeah, and they kept remember Scott Eastwood was in this movie yeah. too. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's son, he was like his uh, supervisor on this that wasn't on board with what he was going to do, but kind of his friends were, and uh, yeah, he put it in the Rubik's cube so he could go through kind of uh, what the metal detectors. And he ta- remember he tossed he it tossed to, it to at the, the guy, guy and he's like, yeah. figure this out. Yeah. He tossed it yeah. knowing that he would hand it to him back on the other side. Yeah. Not thinking anything about it. Really right. smart. Yeah. <laughs> they got it. And uh, yeah, now he's, uh, what's the last we've heard of? Snowden he is about? living in Russia with the woman. He got granted permanent asylum. Right. He was living in the airport hotel. That's where he was getting yeah, interviewed. That's right. But he was, or he was living in Russia when he he finally got his was it Taiwanese was when they were they were interviewing him in Hong Kong Hong Kong, that's right. So he because got granted asylum in Russia. He flew to Russia. They gave him 
they debriefed him somewhere for like six months. They had months. a great, uh, the people playing the interview team was great too. It was yeah, Tom Wilkinson, that was uh, Zachary my, Quinto, and Melissa Leo. Yeah, that was like kind of my stars. favorite thing about the movie was how it was narrated with him in the yeah. hotel room and everything like that. And, and just you had like to worry how about serious the, it was. Um, because the Guardian is the one that. So you can see. So the woman about. that was filming yeah. in the movie was filming him. Mm-hmm. You can see that. Footage, yeah, it's out there. Oh, really? It's a documentary, and it's all that footage. Oh, wow. And yeah, what real... was that called? It was uh, Citizen, Citizen, something. Citizen Zero, or Citizen something. Something. Damn, I can't think of the name of it. It's on Netflix too. I've seen. Uh, it's not Citizen seen... X. It's not Citizen X. You'll get a different movie. Yeah, very different. Good, good movie though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's totally in the realm of what you would expect Oliver oh, yeah. Stone to do. Oh, you know, he's probably Snowden. salivating when he got the rights to that yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I'm sure Snowden was like, nobody's doing my story except Oliver Stone. Yeah, yeah right. Even <laughs> right now, Oliver Stone is raising his hand and mm. says, is everyone uh, taking uh, drawing straws for the new Trump movie? Because I am yeah. up for it. <laughs> you know he's going to have one. He was probably, oh, shit, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't come out with the WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, he'll too. take a, he might be working on that too. So. And you said right now he's doing, he has, he, has done, done. he did a little documentary series, the one you saw, yeah. but then he's doing the Putin tapes, yeah. which I think is either out. Or I think it's out. a great format. He get those hour long. Perfect for him. He did like so it was like ten hour long episodes yeah. that just jumped all over the place. If you get a chance to see it, I don't remember. It was American something. I think was the name of it. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Look episode. up his uh, his filmography. It will definitely tell you uh, what he's been working on. And I I know uh, the Putin tapes is another one, which hopefully that'll be available. But I, I'm sure he'll go back to making films. He had, I mean, Snowden was 2016, so or around I that mean, time. His movies make so money. it wasn't that. Has he ever far. lost money on a movie? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's certainly got an audience that like us who would be like, oh, all the Stones new movies out. Let's. I do don't it. think any given Sunday made a whole lot of money. Really? Yeah, hmm. I think it kind of flopped at the box office. I I bet that was one that found its audience on DVD, though. Yeah. Because I remember when it came out on DVD, mm-hmm. I got Circuit City screwed uh, for it when it came out. <laughs> oh, they just put because it on they the got, shelf before. They got wise with me, man, and they, uh, the guy copped an attitude with me or I wouldn't have done it, but I had, uh, I had already worked at video stores and retail stores, and I knew... I knew about street dates when when DVDs came and out, that, and they broke street date by like a week and a half. And I'm and I'm I show up at Circuit City, and I I was nice to the guy, and I was like I was like, dude, I was like, I don't want to uh, call you out or anything, but I, I said this doesn't come out for like a week and a half. I said this is not supposed to be on the shelf, and he's like, no, it came out this week. I was like, no, it doesn't, dude. I said, Tell, I, I trust you, I believe it. He says, all right. And I, he's like, I'm not really concerned, yeah. and, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I went home and I called Warner Brothers. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, you heard it where it came from. Yeah. Now you can't sell that's all what Stone movies. No, anymore. it was uh, Circuit City. I brought their asses down. Yeah, no, oh, that's Circuit right. City is no more. He is the Snowden okay. of fucking yeah. Circuit City, dude. Well, I, I called Warner Brothers. I don't know this person, <laughs> and they knew what movie I was talking about when I today's when I episode was recorded in Russia, yeah. <laughs> where Paul currently resides. <laughs> the documentary coming out soon will tell you all about it. Uh, but. I called Warner Brothers and I was like, so I, I I caught a retail store breaking street date and they were like, is it uh, any given Sunday? Because they knew that was yeah. coming out. That's awesome. Out. I don't I know. Like, yeah. Maybe if I had $20 in this hand. <laughs> yeah. There's something in this hand that's making me forget about what's in this hand. <laughs> so <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when I told them I had it, uh, 
they were like, did you buy it? And I said, yeah, shit, yeah, I bought it. I got the receipt. Yeah. I, that before I left, that's what I was going to do it. I said, if this guy's going to be dumb enough to, uh, to sell it, I'll buy it. Yeah. And uh, so I faxed them. To, I went to the mall when my <laughs> did friend. Did you get anything for this? Nah, this is a lot of no. trouble. They get charged like 25 grand or something like that, though. But they don't uh, give you. Nothing kicks back to nothing to me. But What the fuck, man? I'm going to be like, y'all better give get me 10%. Shit, yeah, man, yeah. 10%. Fuck. Where's my check? Yeah. But I remember. It's in the mail. My brother's out in the car yeah. writing a check. <laughs> I mean, this is how pre-internet it was or for me at least i didn't have it i had to go to the mall my friend worked at wendy's who had a fax machine and i went up to her i said like, you fax this to this number <laughs> so wendy's br- got the credit they probably got the check yeah, yeah that's what happened yeah see <laughs> i was showing up on the way home you owe me a frosty uh, yeah. anything. <laughs> anything god damn it i'm like what are you talking about again? Yeah, right. what year you 95 yeah plus interest that's got to be a fry like 40 Maybe some chicken nuggets <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's Oliver Stone, man, and oh, yeah. I'm super excited to see what else he comes out next, man. I'm, I love these a lot of these old school uh, directors that we love, man, and has kind of gone on uh, hiatus and doing other stuff. I hopefully they go back to the movies that we love and the uh, the kind of medium that we love them doing. And Oliver Stone certainly has got is not short of conspiracy theories oh, going out is... in the world right now. He's got to be like the synapse. He should like do. Uh, he should do the uh, King John Un. The what? A movie on King John. Mm. Kim Jong. Oh, Kim Jong. Yeah. 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 Oh, about brutal. If you got uh, balls, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do he that. He might literally have to go someplace else. <laughs> they pulled mm. the interview for God's sake. I certainly wouldn't let a true. I was story. in New York City when they yeah. decided that they were going to still release it in some expanded theaters in New York. That's funny. And uh, I love that movie. I was like, I'd go see it, but I, I bet it. it's not going <laughs> to be a movie. I wasn't. If it had been a good movie, I might have gone and seen it. It wasn't decent, but it was yeah, not something I, I was going to go. I thought it was hilarious. I wasn't going to go stand in line to be one of those people that saw it when they shouldn't have. Yeah. You say my my boy don't pee or poop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to he put works, it up your butt, man. He works so hard that his body uses it all up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right, he so does that's... not have a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I think next week, next week, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing high school movies, man. That's going to yeah. be exciting. So it could be horror, could be comedy, could be dramas, whatever you dig. As long as it takes place in high yep. school. And then the week after that, we're going to do a Nicolas Cage kind of retrospective and uh, go into a lot of but his But that one gets some hits. I want to take his He's space. got so many movies. I was looking at You know what up. I mean? Oh. I, bet that, I bet our pod is... We'll get a bunch of hits. Maybe. On, a lot of Nicolas Cage Nick fans Cage. up there. Yeah. Nick you know. Cage loses his shit. Just type that into <laughs> YouTube, and it's a montage of every one time of my keywords. Yeah, every time he lost his shit, they have like seven minutes of him just losing his shit. Have right? you seen it? Uh, it's no. fucking great. Oh, that's oh really? They have a whole YouTube video of it. Yeah, seven minutes long, and it's called Nicolas Cage loses his shit, and it's. Every time he lost his shit in a movie, strung oh, together. And that's it's fucking, fucking awesome. ridiculous. I'm I will definitely watch that. Pull. I wonder how Today. updated it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sure someone works on it every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, give us a like or a uh, a listen on. Uh, what are we on? SoundCloud, SoundCloud, oh, yeah. SoundCloud <laughs> iTunes. We're definitely on Facebook. Check Details. us up, Fascinating with Films. And our email is fascinatingwithfilms at gmail.com. If you hook us up or uh, hit us up on there, we'll get back to you. Or hook us up. Or hook us up. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. Maybe you work at Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's or, uh, or something like that. Yeah, it would be cool. But I think that's it for this week. So until Peace. next week, see ya. Peace. Bye. Don't say penis in this house. Penis. Thank you.